from the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel in Dublin, Ireland. You're listening to the award-winning What's the Story podcast. Now, here's your hosts, Danny Murray and Graham Merrow Merrigan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chapter 72 of What's the Story podcast. 7-2. Shock the Dow. Graham Merrigan taking a sip of water. 72. Trying to catch you off guard there, that was. Never catch me off guard. Well, don't know about that now. You look lovely. Thanks. Your hair is a bit... Dishevelled. Dishevelled. Windswept and interesting. It looks like uh, you've wore a woolly hat or something. Love a hair head like that. Yeah. So do I. We do well. Um, How often do you get your hair cut again? Once a month. Once every payday, essentially. is how I operate. Okay. Just, we get paid and then I book in with former guest on the show, Jason Brophy, down the men's hair co. Either Bray or Dunleary, depends which one he's in. Ew! I'm there with him tomorrow. Freebies, is it? Well. Ah, no, jeez, no. By the time this goes out, I'll... You'll have been him back. I've been him back. It was ah, a great yeah. time. You're getting that fringe cut, are you, you hippie? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that beard? Uh, just get it tidied along the sides. Make yeah. I like the length, so keep try and keep the length and, and sub- substantiate some volume. Starting to look Amish, if I'm being honest with you. Really? I'm going to start calling your brother Ezekiel. <laughs> Brothers. Fuck his brother Ezekiel. That, that carbon fibre chair is going to have to go for some wood. <laughs> and other natural materials that aren't fancy. Imagine going around the wood. <laughs> Did you ever see that Amish in the city with the Amishes? Yeah, when they go on Rumspringer. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? They're mad. They're absolutely mad. Your wand turned into a little SLUH. <laughs> oh, stayed. I wonder if that's Was it Amish in the city? Yeah, I think it was on like where living or one of them or something. Or TLC or some show like that. A TLC. lot of time to get acquainted with these now. Or E4 shows. Yeah. Where? Well, hang, um, hang on, hang on. Before we just set up people. Well, they're, they're able to read, obviously. But Pat Pajo Flynn. Thanks for having me in again, lads. It's great. I'm delighted because it was like chapter nine when we last talked to you. Some. 63 chapters ago. <laughs> I was like, 61, 62. I had to do maths. <laughs> so that was August last year, man. Does have some big guests on since then? Bigger no than you. No one is Way big bigger than me. Don't, don't say that about yourself. I'm the biggest in the borough. Oh, not, not bigger than Danny. Well, in fairness, there's not many bigger than me. That's why I'm on Slimming World, man. Is <laughs> that that many on from here? From here? Oh, yeah, we yeah, have yeah. a few, yeah. yeah. Polly Kinsler, personal favourite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Paul, bigger than me. Paul Howard, obviously. Paul Howard. Bigger than me, yeah. Dave McWilliams. Uh, yeah, make me feel bad here, lads. <laughs> um, Jay Brophy. Uh, I like to do the local ones, you know what I mean? Stephanie Roach. Steph Roach. Stan Bray. Shank Hill. Oh. As far as I'm concerned, the border, because this is... Ballybrack Shank Hill's on early. As far as... Uh, this is something, because if you look up the border online, it'll tell you that it extends as far as basically Dundrum. Which I'm not having. Yeah, right? that's true. That's rat down type area. Yeah, exactly. rat down bit. Yeah, you see. So and I'm like, come on now, get out of that. But as far as I'm concerned, I cut it off at Shankill Graveyard. And basically. Shankill Graveyard to where though? I would go maybe down as far as Sea Point Air Station. Is is Wayside Celtic a borough cl- football club? Oh, I don't oh. know. I think that's Dundrummy. I think they'd have to apply for some sort of licensure or something. Okay. I think we should build a wall. Segway City. This trial is going well. Yeah. Tell you. Pat's on trial for the third member of WTS Pod. Yeah. As requested by fellow uh guest, former guest Mark Baker. Yeah. Um Well what wasn't re- 
doing it because of him. <coughs> Only joke, Mark. <laughs> so, uh, I suppose, look, it's, uh, housekeeping is basically going to be the crack because uh, the world is a weird place now, apparently. Yeah. What you say, you say apparently because you're very skeptic on well, no, people's I'm, I'm openly, hysteria. I'm openly supportive of president-elect Mr. Trump, <laughs> yeah, as I've stated on this podcast several times. <laughs> you're staying in character, are you? I'm not breaking kayfabe, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, for one, welcome our new alien overlord. <laughs> um, I do think people are going a bit over the top, though. So do I, too. Like, he's just a bloke with shit hair at the end of the day, like. Yeah, it'll remain to be seen if they're going over the top, though, because if if his uh, if his campaign <coughs> trail is on to go, boy, their the fear is, I think, is justifiable. No, I don't know, justified. man. Look, yeah, right. Look, there was some dodgy stuff said, and there was some definitely some dodgy stuff said. Actually, yeah, um. <laughs> yeah, there was loads <laughs> of dodgy stuff said. But, I mean, he's he mar- he's marginalised. A huge section of society in America. How is he going to unite them and make America? Shouldn't Fein do that every week? Don't start now. They all, uh, you know, marginalised them all, but they all voted for him in the exactly. end. Yeah. The Hispanics came out in force. Yeah. I'm sure he was telling them, get out. Did the Hispanics vote? Yeah. I didn't see the demographic well, did, who yeah. voted. Yeah, I know Hispanic vote was up compared to 2008, 2012. It was gas. Did you see it? A lot of them voted for Trump. It was crazy. Sky, Sky's breakdown was like uh, um, people with degrees voted majority in favour of Hillary. Yeah. People without degrees didn't. Who cares? Like, what does that matter? For, former guest on the podcast, P.T. Carroll, voted for Gary Johnson of the Libertarian Party. <laughs> Did he? Good man, P.T. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that clip? No. It's hilarious. He was interviewed by, like, Israeli TV, because obviously they were in New York for McGregor fighting. Right. And because both Clinton and Trump are based in New York, media circus, P.T.'s in a pub, and uh, Israeli TV come over and started asking about the election. He's like, Gary is a man of the people. You're joking <laughs> me. <laughs> you should vote Gary. Like, why are people voting Gary? <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, this, he says this to Israeli TV. Yeah, it's it's, well, look, it was about four o'clock in the morning when I was watching this. It might have been some other nation, but Israel to me here for some reason. Yeah, it was definitely Israel because I've seen something on his Instagram yeah. saying spike to Israel. But I, t- I assumed <clears> it was about UFC 205. Well, if it was, he just hijacked it and went, well, hijack's not good word. He was with Israelis. Is it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, you were saying, we were, we were talking and you were saying that you think Trump is going to be much more of a soft president yeah, he is, than what he, he is. is, what he was going on it's in like the candidacy. Hundred percent, he is. There's no way that uh, he's going to actually build a wall for the start. There's no way that he's going. Look, look, he's saying he's going to deport people, right? The only thing, and I don't think anybody objects to this, that I think will actually happen is he might be able to deport criminals. I don't like. I mean, if there's people from different countries in Irish prisons, and and they came out tomorrow and was like, all them. Polish, I'm not saying it's all Polish criminals, I'm just using that as an example, lads. All them Polish criminals are going back to Poland in the morning. Would anybody object? Probably not. If he came out and he said, all those French criminals going back to France in the morning, into French prisons. Why ha- Why wouldn't them do that now? Or why hasn't anyone done it now? Probably cost prohibitive. I don't know. Look, I, d- I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, to me, that sounds like a reasonable request. You know? Like, you have extradition treaties. Why don't you extradite them back to the land where they came from so they're not taking up Air tax what do money. you think of his uh, pending relationship with Russia? I think it's going to be the best bromance I've seen since I love you, man. <laughs> I think him and Putin are going to be walking pugs. Walking not, pugs? Not, not picking up dog shit. And Putin's going to freak out at anybody that says clean that up, basically. Um, I, look, I think they're going to get on grand. I think Putin's a smooth operator. He knows what he's doing. He's going to manipulate it. 
be grand. Yeah. Cereal be soft by Easter. <laughs> <laughs> We're seeing a satirical side of uh, Danny's Trump There's thing here. Nothing satirical about this. Cereal's going to be soft by Easter. By Easter, be soft. Yeah, they'll have, they'll have buildings rebuilt. Kids well, back in schools. Hillary he is planning out of pulling out of a lot of wars, isn't he? Well, Hillary's yeah. is is probably part of the reason for Libya anyway. She's mm. should, the Hillary's emails. Did you not read them? Mm. That's why the FBI were investigating. Now, she was basically saying the best thing we can do was start a war in Syria. The mm. mad bitch. Like my hatred to, of towards Trump doesn't mean that I would support Hillary. I would have been a Bernie Sanders man. Nah, but Bernie, Bernie, he was clean as a whistle. Bernie didn't. Bernie didn't get the big the big push towards yeah. the big house. You see. That was and because of internal spats in the Democrat Party, well, wasn't it? I was going to say, that's because the Democrats, much like crooked Hillary, are crooked. And they didn't want Bernie running. They were like, no, let's look after Hill Dog. Even though Sanders was leading in the, in the polls. You should never let the polls... D- d- Man. Well, the, the last two votes have you know? kind of taught us not I, to go out with the polls. I think, I think one of the biggest things that's why it, and I'm being serious now, is... right. Well, not not to put you on the spot, Ranton, but name three of Hillary's policies in this election campaign. Oh, jeez, I haven't a clue. Name three of Trump's. I, I know loads of them. Build a wall. <laughs> yeah. Send the immigrants back. Yeah. Stop China from taking our money. Stop abortions. Stop abortions. Guns are okay. He said. He said women. He said women that go through abortions should be punished. I think he backtracked on that a little bit as well. Did though. I think well, I, did. I, I, did, I did see an interview where he did say that. 100%. No, I'm not saying he I didn't didn't know say whether he backtracked. I think he did. Now, I, I could be wrong, but I'd imagine he'd be doing a lot of backtracking over the next one. But there's years. a lot of commentary saying that he'll have no choice but to backtrack from a lot of his statements. But, like, those statements, those outlandish statements that he made are part of the reason why he's up there winning. Yeah, but it's so like... So will his, will his voters not say, if he backtracks on the wall and backtracks on all of his extreme stuff... Yeah. Like, do they go mad? It's like, we voted you because you said you were going to do this. Yeah, like every other country and every other election in the world, yeah. they all lose the rag, and in four years they vote again, and somebody else has a go at it. Yeah. Or, or he keeps them terrified, and fear wins, and he gets another four years. I just think like it's crazy. Like any good leader would do. Come on, Trumpy. How, how, like, how would any young... He, he mimicked the disabled terribly. So did John Lennon. The, the reporter, um, the, cerebral, the woman with cerebral palsy. Like, how... Anyone young with cerebral palsy in America is comfortable with him. I'd never know. Are you doing this to force me to break kayfabe here? Is that what no, you're no. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to get my head around how he's going to unite, say, the disabled. How he's going to unite uh, <clears throat> American Muslims, American Blacks, American women. Like, yeah. how is he going to unite all these people? He's or is he going to say, "Sorry, I didn't mean all that. Let's unite." And because let's face it, his actual acceptance speech wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't, um, and I think that's it the It wasn't thing. great now, but at the same time, it didn't, it didn't, his speech didn't make sense to all the stuff that he had said in the no, campaign. No, of course, trail. and of course not, because he knows, and his, his, his political aides know that the stuff he was saying on the campaign trail got him attention, it certainly got them the headlines, it got them a lot of media coverage, but there's no way he can be saying or doing the things he's doing when he's actually in the White House, so he has to start already showing a softer approach. I don't for one second condone like the stuff that you're saying there, like the whole grab them by the genitals, the whole mocking somebody who has a disability. He threw out a wheelchair user as well, 12-year-old you know, like, wheelchair user. Sure he threw his, a baby out. And his voters were kicking your man in the wheelchair. I didn't know that. He was but, only 12. But that's deplorable anyway. Sure, like, wasn't you know, when he was giving a speech today, did someone say, kill Obama? Yeah. 
Show kill Obama. That is insane. Like that's what the hell? like. It's gas now. And again, I'm not saying Obama's brilliant because I don't really know domestically how he got on. But on his lead up to his campaign, we were fed all this hope and there was all this change and blah blah blah. In this campaign, it's just been full of hatred. It's like well, we Americans t- hating each other. They're just split what, nation. When they voted Obama, I think they wanted to change something different. So a mm. lot of Republicans might have voted for him. Yeah. And nothing changed. Yeah. And they want change again. So Yeah. I'd agree do, with that. Yeah, well, I, think I, think, right, yeah. I think we're seeing that everywhere, though. I think if you look at Greece last year when they voted in the anti austerity lads who couldn't get out and done, then you look at France and France got rid of uh, Holland and they got one in, or they got rid of Sarkozy and got Holland in. Merkel's hanging on by the skin of her teeth. The the British system, nobody thought the Tories were going to stay in and the Tories somehow stayed in because of that show. Tor- Tories vote. are split now as well. Yeah, then you have Brexit happening, so they lose. David Cameron, who they wanted as the, the Prime Minister. You've got Theresa May in there, who a lot of people seem to really dislike. I think Theresa May dislikes herself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She's and like, over in, in here, we didn't see a huge change, but we certainly seen a growth in the, the socialist and the left-sided parties. And now in America, you're seeing kind of they're looking at it, and I would say a huge part of it is they're going, Obama went on about hope and change, as you were saying, Pajo. We didn't get any sort of change, really. We got Obamacare, which doesn't suit everybody. Hillary is going to be definitely more the same. Trump is coming in and he's saying, I'm not a politician, I've no political aspirations, I'm coming in to make sure that things are done differently and things are done right. And then he's going on about, like, you can't be a career politician anymore, he's going to try to put in legislation that you can only be a politician for 10 years and get paid by public funds and all. That's all the things people want to hear. Mm. Everybody, what's one of the first things you think of when you think of a politician? career politician he's only in it for the money yeah. so if you're told automatically the longest term he can do was for a period of 10 years great he's that got the Bannon lobbyist to. as well for 5 years I think that yeah. one's alright actually all that, see all that sort of stuff and that's the kind of thing that people like and yeah just there are his behaviour on the lead up to everything has just been deplorable yeah. see and that's the thing and because and there are those and I think it's a sad indictment on the American people that they think that his actions in public are okay See, I think there's a lot of people maybe are conflict have a conflict with it in the sense that they may they definitely don't agree with the racist stuff. They definitely don't agree with the sexist stuff. They definitely don't agree with you know the abusing of people and that kind of thing in public and setting that sort of example. But then you have those people who, especially in the Rust Belt, especially in like Wisconsin, Ohio, all those kind of states where industry has died an absolute death, like it plunged off a cliff, and he's coming Would along. Trump fix that. He can't, but he's promising he will. Yeah. Whereas Hillary wasn't promising anything. Mm. He's saying he's so. going to fix the coal mines, things like that. And there's people saying, well, it's good for my back pocket if I vote for him, but yeah. it's probably not for the benefit of the country. Yeah. So you know? it's, it's a tough one who you vote for. It's, it's mad. But look, all I'm saying is, lads, we're in for the best four years ever. Trump's going to lead us all to glory. I'm actually looking forward to seeing what happens in a weird way. It's like Mor- morbid curiosity. That, I think that, <laughs> it is. That it's Brexit and just curiosity. Yeah. yeah, that's like Trump and Brexit happening. Like definitely, that is two signs of the apocalypse. But do, do you know the way they say? Uh, the way these I've been hearing that they're saying um, it's a it's a protest vote. It's an anti-establishment vote. Well, that's the point I was trying to make when I brought up all the other examples. Yeah, but I always thought anti anti-establishment vote would look more to the left. No. Is that right? Not, not necessarily, no. Why would I mean, they look to a billion-dollar fucking businessman? But did, because did, did he with Obama at that time? Like mm. a, a lot of the Republicans would have voted for him. That's how he got in. The Obama thing wasn't an anti-establishment vote, though. This no, one, they're calling an anti-establishment it's, vote. It's anti-establishment it. from the sense that Donald Trump has never stood a day in office. He's, he's not a career politician. I he's think not. that says it all. 
but Barack but, Obama wouldn't mean too experienced in politics. Like yeah, he was a senator. Quite, in Chicago, quite, yeah, yeah, but he was quite young in terms of presidential age. Normally, American. normally you nearly have to but, be an octogenarian. Like yeah, but considering Bernie Sanders was seventy four. There you go. Sure, Trump I think is seventy. Hillary sixty nine or something like that. So. You know what I mean? I just thought Hillary was a desperate candidate. She was awful. Desperate. The best but thing she did was her speech at the end. That's yeah. the most character I've seen from yeah. her. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Speech 100%. At the end. Um, but that doesn't, like, I don't think saying... Two awful candidates. I was going to say, I don't think saying Hillary was a bad candidate excuses in any way people who voted for Trump for the wrong reasons. If somebody voted for Trump because they genuinely believe that he's going to get rid of Obamacare if it doesn't work for them, or he's genuinely going to bring jobs to their state or their city... Then you can kind of understand that, but if somebody voted for him because he said, "Like I'm going to deport Hispanics, I'm going to let people do what they want to women, people who get abortions." Get rid of the J one as well. Yeah, like I mean, people who voted for him, and like I know I can't think of your man's name, the KKK fella who basically endorsed him, like, David. Yeah, something. I can't think of his second name. Um, but like anybody who voted because that clown said Trump is our man, then I have issues with that. But but sure, Trump's father was in the KKK. Ah, yeah, but so was everybody's. <laughs> sure, I've seen you with a pillowcase before. What were, you yeah. doing? what were you doing with that? I had the name of your man there. I mean, like, you could say, I mean, like, Max Mosley's dad was a Nazi, basically. Like, I mean, you can't hold somebody accountable because of their David father. David Duke. Like, David Duke, that's his name, yeah. No, but there's obviously, like, there's obviously kind of a... Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Does what, you're trying to say the apple doesn't fall from the tree kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, exactly. I'm not exactly. sure if I if I'd fully but, agree with Trump, that. Trump was at a rally uh, for the Air Force, and someone who's being heckled, and he's like, "Oh, look, it's an African American." Like, what the hell? What's that mean? Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. It's just ridiculous. Um, I do think people online though, basically saying it's Hitler Part Two, need to relax themselves. I think online, like with Twitter and fight, it'd be more a lot more liberal people sort of on those type of things. Yeah. Every, everyone's an expert as well. I'm an expert now. Everybody's an expert now yeah. about how awful this is and how brilliant this is in my case. So, <laughs> I'm saying he's 4 to 1, lads. He was 4 to 1 the night of the election. Like. He was 4 to 1 last night. Yeah. The, the night of the election. The, the night of the election. Peeling back the curtain there, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> um, 4 to 1, like, it was like, yeah, definitely taking money on that. horse race. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Like It's crazy. The whole system with that it's two horse uh, is, is crazy. But anyway, it's the Green Party and the Libertarians. Well, episode two of Planet Earth starts tonight. Oh my god! I was hung over last weekend watching episode one and that scene with the snake and oh the little my dragon. Goodness. It was one of the best things since that. Did you watch the Battle of Cougar before? Did you see that? <sighs> Battle of Cougar? Was that when um, I think there was an alligator trying to grab a deer or something in? Oh was, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kruger Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Something that, that's the best thing we've seen now since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was unbelievable, actually. I like genuinely. I went from kind of watching and being like, "Holy shit!" To just being like literally on the edge of my seat, like about four inches away from the screen, and nearly screaming, "Run faster! <laughs> run faster!" <laughs> he, actually, he actually texts me saying, "I'm four inches ahead of the screen." <laughs> like I literally, I went from like sitting back to like being like nearly <laughs> right up again the screen, being like, "Oh my god, he's not gonna make it! He's not gonna make it!" I thought and I was seeing things with all these fucking snakes. And, and then that bit though, where he stops moving and you can see the snake looking for him because they they can't see it. He'd go by like they detect movement, and yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, don't move a muscle, to clench hard, but don't move, don't move." And then <laughs> and you just seen the flinch. You're like, "Shit, run, run now!" I, oh man, I couldn't deal with it. 
I wouldn't have been able to watch that any longer than I did. And they had him in the chokehold as well. He got oh out. My, and he got oh out. He got out. He did get out. Unbelievable. Did you see um, what I found fascinating was the Penguins when oh, they go off? They're the best. They, are. they try and get their food and then they come back yeah. and a herd and herd of Penguins. It might and have then been. they just find the wife and the kids. It, was gonna, it might have been because I was in the depths of a shame spiral, but I almost got a tiny bit emotional where <laughs> the daddy penguin comes home, he feeds them, and he's literally only halfway through feeding them. The wife gives him a nudge, she's like, wah, 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 which is penguin for, <laughs> right, I better go and get yeah, the next yeah. feed. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, they didn't even get time together. Yeah. Literally, he's only home and she... What sort of life is it, lads? It's, they should move closer to the they field. They enjoy it. The thing at the end was very good. See... When they, they show us the cast, how, how long it takes to film yeah, and yeah, the yeah. one bit the penguins on. I like it, but I'd rather 15 more minutes of action than yeah. it. His I voice is so soothing too. I like the voice. I love his voice. But I, I, I love that bit at the end where they kind of, like they peel back the curtain and they show you how it's made and all. Mm. I love that on Frozen Planet as well where they showed you the little robot camera. I'd rather an episode devoted to it at the end. And more action. Actually, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Actually, that would be. At the I'm end looking of Fro- Frozen is the best out of them all, isn't oh. it? Oh, Frozen Planet was unreal. Oh, they're them, all brilliant. Them little Arctic foxes. Wily little shit. Polar bears shits. and all. Oh, polar, polar bears were unreal, man. Did you Love see when the, the one when he went to the Galapagos? Yeah. That was unbelievable. He's He is, like, he's not just a national treasure. He is literally a universal treasure. Like, yeah. there is nobody that does not like David Attenborough. Like, he's just amazing. He's not a national treasure to us. National treasure to people. But that's what I'm saying. He 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 goes over borders. He doesn't... Did you see the dragons? Yeah. The speed geez. of those little shits. never knew things like that existed. No, I didn't. Yeah. I, not to, I didn't think they could, could move at that speed. Mountains this week, lads. Can't wait to see some snow leopards jacking shit up. Is that what it is? Oh, did you see? They showed the highlight clip for next week. Yeah, a little preview. And it was uh, the snow leopard was like pissing on the wall on the yeah. mountain. So the woman would find out where he is. Yeah, or it the other way around. Crazy, like the whatever. Was it Frozen Planet? I can't remember which one. Or was it Planet Earth? The first one. I can't remember. They, they followed snow leopards, but your man had to follow them. Like that, they do it a bit at the end where they show you like how they filmed it and all that. Your man was like literally gone for about eleven weeks before he even found a trace of this fella. But it turns out he was like right on his neck all the time. He was just so well camouflaged that like the snow leopard had been watching them and no just staying way. hidden, like. And it was only after they found him, and then they were going back through the footage, they were like, there he is. There he is. So they had actually seen him a load of times. No way. But just because the snow yeah. leopard was like, I'm on to you. He some, of the, some of the clips you get. They must oh, be there yeah. for hours and hours. Like, Did you see crazy, like, the clips of the, the monkeys on the back and all? Oh, and they're eating the little bit branches off the, the tree. It was unreal. You love the polar bears, don't you? Love polar bears, man. <laughs> love them. I just think it's hilarious that the the way they hunt is by covering their nose so there's no black bit sticking out in the snow <laughs> it's amazing like that'd be you wouldn't it that would be me that would be um, I just I just do you remember in Africa the giraffe fight oh yeah last year oh, that was last was year wasn't it, it? La- I think it was it was last year the year before I can't remember but basically giraffes fight by just like swinging their neck at oh, each other I've seen a clip for it actually yeah it's vicious like <laughs> it's actually vicious like I've seen actually a cheetah or something trying to attack a giraffe and he's just standing on him I couldn't believe <laughs> how they attack yeah. back like it's man nature's a bitch isn't it nature's just a bad bitch like oh. do you ever see uh, it's a board it's called a shoe bill oh oh here I'll, I'll google this it's, lads as they're listening to this just google a shoe bill board this isn't the board that repeats everything that now this thing looks like a dinosaur that would kill you down a dark alleyway outside the back of a Chinese restaurant. 
Like, it is an angry, angry-looking creature. Hang on now. Yeah, look at this. Look at that. What is an angry-looking creature? Look at it. Holy, it looks real prehistoric, doesn't it? Yeah, I might see the height of it. It's about six foot. Look at it. Holy shit. Where is that? <laughs> I think they're in South Africa or something. But, like, like, look at the wingspan on that, man. That's real prehistoric. Like, they go on about swans being able to break your neck. He'd pick you up and just batter you. What are they called? Shoe bill. Where, well, where do you get them? Africa. South Africa, maybe. In the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to have a dog. Where, like? Don't know. You're not allowed to have a dog, but you want a shoe. There he is eating a duck. There he is eating the duck. Look, I've got duck and orange sauce in the Chinese, but he's forgone the orange sauce <laughs> and the cooking, and he's basically just eating the What's duck. What's duck and orange sauce like? It's nice, yeah. Is it? It's quacking. <laughs> I'd never get that. Would you know? Is that the strangest thing you'd get in the Chinese? Like, would you get that takeaway or if you're going to a restaurant? Oh, I've got it taken away once or twice. Like, Have you? Bit, yeah. Out of the combo? Um, I don't know. I've never gotten it from the combo. I got it from George Manley. Duck and orange. Duck and orange sauce, yeah. What's it's the fun. weirdest thing you get? I don't know. Uh, so I'd play a safe. Sweet and sour is probably the weirdest thing I got. Sweet that's, and sour is weird. Sweet and sour, I, I still... And like I'm a man. I love Chinese, but sweet and sour is one that I still can't get my head around. I'm like, is it sweet? Is it sour? Why am I experiencing both? I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't process it. Like. It's like having Maltesers and a packet of salt and vinegar hunky dories. No? Sweet what sort of sick animal are you? <laughs> I have that sometimes when I'm at the cinema. Together? Yeah. Salt and vinegar? Yeah. People, do, or that. People do it with the popcorn as well. Yeah, whatever crisps. Mix them oh, yeah, no, I do. Oh, no. See, I wouldn't eat popcorn unless there was chocolate in there. <laughs> yeah, that's true enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just have my nachos and my popcorn. You love oh, nachos, oh, You're not the fucker with the nachos, are you? He's a dough yeah. for the nachos, Danny. Oh, it's the warm man. cheese of it. It's the smell of the cheese. James gets me. loves nachos. I've been in the cinema before and I thought I was smelling feet and I thought it was Chapoy me just has nachos. He does smell a feel. He was like kicking our runners off the doorboard. <laughs> they always start the nachos. You know when a big music comes on, sort of introducing it, and then it goes quiet in the door. <laughs> <laughs> you love jalapenos at the oh, Mazel, don't them, you? Yeah. Oh man, jalapenos. Like I oh, love jalapenos on Did pizza. On pizza. I yeah. just had jalapenos on a pizza there. Yeah. Do you buy the jalapenos in the supermarket? In the tent? No. No, no I wouldn't. Do, I'd only ever. Wouldn't be it now, if it's not prepared by someone a specialist in that field <laughs> in a jalapeno stay away field. from that yeah. <laughs> I completely agree I would never buy my own ones but if I'm getting a pizza or if I'm like in Subway or something be like add a few jalapenos to that there would it? jalapenos no I'd have to be in the mood and I'd only like one on a slice I remember years ago you were 12 in a row remember that's for the dare yeah it's for the dare he, he I think that's what got me addicted <laughs> was it sort of like heroin <laughs> You're about 15 and he, he, he had 12 jalapenos in a row. Man, did you not have like heartburn or something fierce? Oh, I was sweating for about... They were all in his mouth at the one time. Ah, get out. I swear, yeah. I was sweating for about four days after. <laughs> Retired life must be great now. You can eat whatever you want, does it? Oh, I think it's been probably two weeks now and I've cooked once. Beautiful. I've had Chinese, um, pizzas. We had Thai. Sort of similar to when I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why we came last this year. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think that's the reason I gave up football because I discovered I like takeaway food more than I like running. <laughs> so. You were a goalkeeper for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, you, did, you did run. <laughs> that's six I did more running than you. That's six yard dash. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I just didn't like that three yard, six yard dash on a one on one. I was like, mate, you can go around me. Get on with it. <laughs> that little walk from your sitting room to the front door to tip your man was enough. <laughs> Some days I just left the door unlocked and I'd see him at the window and be like, when you come, chief, you'd type a little note to Domino's. I wouldn't even pick up a phone. It's all on my laptop. <laughs> Doors open, sitting room. Class. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never get out in strange in the Chinese. No? No, I'm not talking what would, orange. What would be your go-to? Three and one, I'd say, are you? Playing Jay and looking. No, I like I like that uh, Chinese up at the graduate Red Dragon. Is it that what's called? I've only ever had that once. I always get takeaway of Thai red curry with mushroom, boiled rice. That's not Chinese. That's Thai and duck spring rolls. I've been takeaway because <laughs> you went my Chinese. Yeah, just him. Thai, Thai. Yeah. I probably wouldn't eat it at all. You would just stop out there. Sometimes I wouldn't. And I'd keep it the next day for lunch. Yeah, a little Ned oh, Kelly on you there. You definitely would. <laughs> my abs, man. My two abs. <laughs> Only abs. I have a kebabs, mate. <laughs> yeah. I'd never get a kebab for takeaway. Yeah. I'll just get it at the end of a night if you're drinking. That's the only time. How many takeaways did you get last week when you were drinking? I went halfway through the night, about 8 o'clock. I left the lads, went to Supermax. Great show. Then went back in. Then at the end of the night, it says, I'm going, lads. It's about two in the morning. Went back to Supermax. <laughs> and then on the way to get a taxi, I fell into Charlie's Chinese. <laughs> I came home and it's Kira's in bed and she goes, Good night. And I said, Yeah. And I said, How would you know? And she goes, There's a curry all down your top. <laughs> <laughs> the life of a retired football. I was thinking, Can oh, you get a three in one with onions? Yeah, you yeah, can. So, like, I'd never yeah. ask. I was only thinking of it last week. I'm yeah. constantly doing it. If ever I'm getting a three in one, I'm like, Add a few onions yeah. into that there, will you? Unbelievable. I, was, I, I think was, I'd nearly get an onion curry. <laughs> Would you? Oh, that's so well, good. Well, hang on, man. The onions in a curry taste different to onions normally. They They're taste so much better, I don't know what it is. Like, they just taste Some better. Some chippers around, buddy. Brack, when you ask for a chicken curry, you do get an onion curry. Yeah, you, I do. Yeah. You very, can very little chicken. Name it there. Go on. Name it, Sam. I can't do it. No? I'm living in Italian now. I should really. <laughs> do it. I'm all about Italian now. Best chipper. Best Chinese. North Park in Tala. North Park, is it? That's what I get when yeah. I just. Right. I got last Friday. I got the three and one. I got the A special. Is that what it's called? A special three and one. Three four one. chicken balls. Can't that's go wrong. Wash down bad. with a can of coke, maybe. I had water. Oh it, no, can of coke. Here's me trying to add like my company's value. Oh yeah, <laughs> can of coke. Yeah. Ice cold can of coke. <laughs> yeah, I'd always wash it down with a refreshing can of coke. It's good, cold or hot. <laughs> Would you ever get any other mineral? Um, occasionally. Occasionally, I'd get a Sprite or a Fanta from the Coca-Cola company. That's very, very You're tasty. a <laughs> <laughs> I do like a Sprite with it. Sprite, it's Sprite, a lot of fizz. Yeah. Fanta isn't fizzy enough for me now. Yeah, I was gonna, Sprite sometimes Sprite is a bit with too a fizzy nice. though, but yeah. with a curry, I don't know, I think it's maybe just the spice and you wash it. Do you still Fanta? Yeah. Yeah, that you want, we'll do. We <laughs> cater for. Ballygown water as well. Fanta, some River people rock. like Fanta. River rocks, <laughs> my bad. That's as what we're drinking now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quality H2O. <laughs> That's water. enough plug in my company. Water Some people wear. Uh, love uh, Fanta orange when they're hungover. No, if I'm getting if I'm getting a McDonald's, mm. I'd get a Fanta because it tastes better out of the machine than it does my bottle. Right. Yeah. That that could be pure myth now, no, but in my head, Nando's would always get a Fanta because of that reason. Because it's nice. And you can get the crushed ice with it as well. Do Do you remember yeah. my auntie Siobhan ringing me? Do you remember? Um, when we were in Vegas and the amount of different flavours Fanta they had. It was ridiculous. Wasn't it? Absolutely it was like ridiculous. cherry, blueberry. I've seen those machines. Pineapple. It's crazy amounts of 
flavors. Yeah, I think um, they they done that for a while over here, like Fanta Exotic and Fanta this and Fanta that. But I think just Fanta or even I, I'm not mad on the Fanta Rock Sandy. <laughs> Fanta is there a difference sh- between the club and the Fanta? Yeah, I don't know I, Fanta I did so. Shandy. Yeah. This? We do, yeah. I have to say, you know, I have to say the Fanta is better. But in real life, it's not. Club Rock Shandy is better. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> in real life. <laughs> do you do... D- what? Uh, exotic goes very well. We, they sort mm. of try to bring out a new flavour every year. They brought out Exotic, it goes very well. And they brought out a few others, pineapple and all, they got rid of them, but something. Yeah. The pineapple was nice. I do like pineapple flavoured most things, except on pizza. Anybody with pineapple I like on pineapples. Pizza. I'd probably have half a pineapple a day. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I love it. I bought one of them things and the ones that you use to like. I love pineapple de- on pizza. Decenter it and ring it. I need one of them. Couldn't figure out how to work. The I just went back to life. waste is unbelievable, yeah. but just cutting it. Yeah. They're easy to slice, though, aren't they? Yeah, just if you get a good one, like that's the nicest bit is when they're soft, when they're too hard. You know, when you buy them in Duns in the little packet, yeah. they're too hard and a bit crunchy. That's. You don't want that. You want them nice and soft. So. One, one nice trick, lads. Go on. Smell it. And if it doesn't smell like fruit, it's not going to ripen any time soon. Really? That's simple. That's it. That's why you ever see L ones, because L ones now everything. They're close to the garden and everything. You know what I mean? But they'll pick it up and they'll sniff the arse of it. And they'll get right in there. Like, <laughs> that's the... What's there with the brown soda bread? I do see them in the shops. They maul every yeah. piece of bread till they get the right one. And they'll be there. I'm not buying any of that. <laughs> I'll just buy the baguettes I put in the oven myself. Thanks. Um, lads, tweet us there at WTS Pod and at Paggio Flynn. Let us know what your uh, go to takeaway is and what your dish is. I'm curious to see what the people of the borough and surrounding areas or international listeners l- l- tell us about your local takeaway. American listeners tell us about Trump. <coughs> if you want. Um, Chinese people just talk about food because obviously it's just called food over there. <laughs> tell us how your curry chips taste. Um, yeah. we, someone tweeted us about the North Korea question last week. Remember we were saying what, what, Fingless was it? Sorry, that's when we had uh, Donal on from Donal. Um, Come Here To Me blog, Donal of Hidden History fame. We were talking about North Korea and vaguely I remember me trying to describe a town in Ireland that had applied to twin with Pongyang and I thought it was Blanchardstown but we got corrected very sharpish on Twitter and it was actually Fingless. Both, nor- both on the <laughs> north side. Fingless. Gosh. Boat on the north side, boat kips. What is the <laughs> what is the twinning thing all about? It was this thing that was set up years ago, and I never thought it'd be a great idea. If Who you, set it up? Oh, I couldn't, probably Charlie High. Um, if you twin a city with somewhere farting, people will automatically want to go there. Yeah. So, like, you twin, I don't know, Santry with, you know, Leon or something. All the people from Leon can't wait to come to Santry. <laughs> And all the people from Santry can't wait to go to Leon. And Say the Leon lads are in for some shock when they go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What's that, an Omniplex? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never seen one in real life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Trying to branch out there by naming a Northside one, you see. Because yeah. I get guff over us not being Northside enough. That has the running track out there as well. Do the, the AUL. Stadium, where the Mighty Rovers used to play. The, the AUL, is that in Santry? Yeah. It's right beside the airport. Oh, yeah. I didn't think it was Clan Shock. Clan Shock. Is that Sandry? That's the AOL, is it? Yeah. I think so, actually, yeah. <laughs> Remember, he used to run around Sandry. Was it the school or the community? Yeah, you know, the school. Yeah, socks. Did you? Yeah, I used to think it made me go faster. <laughs> Did the soles of your feet not be in bits? Yeah, they were. Did you win? Uh, respectable fourth place. <sighs> Bronze runner up, I'd call that. Certificate, they call it. Certificate. Certificate. <laughs> 
Well, you're not good enough for a medal, but a sheet of paper will do you. Remember <laughs> I raced out there? Yeah, Jesus, that was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> you built up my hopes big there, you did. You told me you were good. This is my first time watching you race and tell them what happened. What, what happened? Why did you come? I toured. Out of three people. <laughs> <laughs> I was toured out with four people. The fourth person wasn't in my classification. Carry on, Danny. In fairness, the lads were, they were great athletes, they were. Yeah, I'd only started. Who was your man? Your man was brilliant, he won it. Roy Gearan from Italy. Was there an Ardy fella? Paul um, Hannon from, Belf- uh, from Antrim, somewhere in Antrim, yeah. Was that why you, Good times. you moved into the basketball world? I didn't like wheelchair racing because you, put, you <coughs> had to put your hands in like these gloves that was like a straight jacket. I remember you telling me about that before, yeah. actually. Yeah, and you used to have to push with like. Yeah, yeah, the the arse of your hand. The arse of your hand, which yeah. was a pain in the hole, so gave it up. <laughs> Couldn't get used to it, and I was on my own all the time. And took you a little. Me and Padge, Padge brought me up to uh, Belfield one day to train. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> it was a disaster. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Was it not just went up to the track in Cabin Tealy there? No, because it's... Uh, gravel, th- is That's it? gravel. Yeah, I suppose The one sense. in used to use a proper racetrack. But sure, the gravel then, like if you got a good time there, surely then on a frictionless track you would have been... No, you yeah. weren't thinking. Wasn't exactly. thinking. Do you know like when the lads train with weights on them and then they let go of the weights and suddenly they're... And they're better. ...battering everybody. Yeah. We used to do that with a parachute. Huh? It's Sprint. like a little parachute thing. You'd run with it on you and then you'd run with it. You'd sort you'd clip it off halfway through and you'd take off. Most lads took off. We stayed at the same <laughs> speed. But <laughs> <laughs> there's it off, yeah. <laughs> was this over here? No, I was in England. That's when <laughs> my stock was high. It was really good. <laughs> I just have this red ledge of leg and just clipping and looking behind them and being like, what's going on here? What's going on? Uh, it took you a little bit of time to kind of get into your groove and find what sport you wanted, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. You tried the powerlifting as well, didn't you? Mm. No, I mean, you're still a beast. Don't get me wrong. Like, you still got... <laughs> you know I mean? The Second Amendment to the Constitution is about your arms more so than weaponry, like, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's you a compliment. You like basketball, don't you? Yeah, I like the team sports. Yeah. I like the rugby as well. You would have never really mixed it with other lads in wheelchairs to the sports, maybe, would you? No, not until I got dumped and I had to look for something to do. It's the way, it's the way for a lot of lads. I can't really say that. And I live next door to his ex. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, now, yeah, I tried about four. Tried wheelchair rugby union, yeah. triple Bas- crown winner, basketball, racing. What else did I try? Powerlifting. And cycling, powerlifting, powerlifting. Yeah. yeah, they're all individual Hurdles. sports. The hurdles. <laughs> there was a little rampy at the fly up. That's deadly, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my god. Tell you, man, you should again. Did you ever see our man off Nitro Circus? Yeah, Aaron Fodderman. Fod- yeah, 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 unbelievable. He's, one of those as well, yeah. he's this guy from Vegas and he does um, all these tricks, you know, like uh, Evil Knievel tricks oh, on the motorbike. Yeah. He does yeah. it on the chair. Yeah. Crazy. Goes around the world tour. They were in Ireland recently, weren't they? Tallah Stadium. Tallah Stadium this yeah. summer, Nitro Circus, where he just gets fucked out of this some bullet and then goes down. Yeah. and then They were delighted when they got there and found out the pitch was in bits anyway. <laughs> That there was a fire in the semicircle, and they were like, "Gosh, that's grand." We're you not. Sure you would know you're never up there. Ah, you see the photos. I wouldn't be associated with the riffraff and talent. Support your local team. <laughs> the riffraff. <laughs> but yeah, Aaron's a mad fuck. Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it, Graham. Yeah, he is. Jeez, wonder if we get him on the podcast. <clears throat> we try yeah. him and Travis Pastrana. 
Who's he now? The like the leader of the Nitro Circus. All right. Yeah. Seems like a good guy. I like team sports though. Yeah. I didn't like. It can't be on. Yeah. I'd say it's <coughs> very fulfilling. They want to like sport where they want to buy yourself like you're. Com- if you're it's good. all about you. It's nobody else but team sports. It'd be very lonely though, could it? Yeah. Well, I was no. lonely with Paddy up in UCD mm. track. Broke my heart as well when you were going by me in the wheelchair. <laughs> There's a few big pointers for me to retire. That was another one of them. <laughs> so you were doing laps as well, right? I was, yeah, I was doing laps. After one lap, I was down on my knees. I said, I can't go on. <laughs> he did another 10. I was just clapping him on the side. Good man, Graham, keep going. I was in UCD for four years and I never set foot in that track last time. <laughs> did you even see it? Yeah, I parked beside it once. <laughs> this little car park at it and I couldn't get parking anywhere else. I illegally parked at that as well. Up on a grass verge. Fecked him. Yeah, I couldn't get you used to the push on. The yeah. goals are ridiculous. Johnny Fulham was uh, yeah. a master at it. He tried to coach me those times, but he's too tough. Don't like him. <laughs> he, he coaches with tough love, does he? Yeah, tough love, big time. Yeah. You are a softy, aren't you? <clears throat> you need to be... I had him as a basketball coach as well. He was still a wanker. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm only joking. Johnny Fulham chapter four or five. I can't remember which. Maybe six. Definitely in the single digits. Back in the back in the original days. He was yeah. before me, I think one before me, was he? Well he could, could have been. been, yeah. I think actually Saskia might have been. The original interview with Saskia might have been one before you. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong, Danny? <laughs> Just got a mental image there. <laughs> eating his curry and a dripping all over him. Good man. <laughs> Padre, since we last talked to you, did you retire? <laughs> Done and dusted. Thank God, that's why I'm Joe Fine Gents tonight. Yes! What, uh, what led you to the decision to say enough is enough and you got the cleats off one last time? Uh, I think last year, I, don't, I can't remember what state I was in, but I got the surgery last year on the hip. And um, Longford offered me a new contract. I thought I'd get back to where I was. I never got back to where I was. Yeah. And I just I thought I'd gradually... Get slower and worse. I didn't plummet it. <laughs> um, there was there was two stages for me. I mentioned it. Um, one of the lads who'd be the slowest lads and he's a bit chunky on the football team. He said oh, he chunky. said to, he said to me, "I'll be your legs." And I, was, <laughs> I was looking beside me, saying, "You're going to be my legs." And I was there. Jeez, maybe it's time to knock it on the head. And just about three weeks, four weeks before the end of the season, we we're playing dirty and one and already lads says his own centre back he goes just turn the fucking ball in behind him he can't fucking run and I looked at him and says I'm not made of stone <laughs> I said you can't say that so I was in the dressing room after I think we got beaten 2-0 and I was there I think it's time to hang with the boots everybody's just trying to turn the ball in behind me because yeah. I couldn't run As, I, I probably I would have liked to play for another two years but for the sake of I probably will need a new hip in 20 years yeah but for the sake of another two years I said it's not worth it knock it on the head because I don't want to be hobbling around <clears throat> so no physiotherapy you could have done around to there is I did every like I got the surgery uh, did physio every day I was in the pool every day just walking up and down what was the surgery like what, what did they do to you it's like an endoscope they basically shaved down the bone oh, on the right side problem. of the hip because it was killing me I couldn't yeah. I couldn't move the, basically the, the hip and the leg bone were fusing together there was no cartilage in between them and uh, the same problem so, with the knee. So I came back from that, but all the time was leaning on the left side. Then that started to yeah. go overcompensating. So I said, before this goes, I have to knock it on the head. So I did. It's the right decision for me. I'm not happy about it because I would have liked to play for another two or three years. But yeah, it's the right decision for me. That's yeah. 
You can stand <laughs> over. <laughs> Hug, hug the man right. there, Graham. Hug Sorry, the man. I'm hugging, I'm hugging him. Jesus. Holding his hand. That's better. Don't That's hug better. him there, for God's <laughs> sake. Um, yeah, I suppose I'm basing this on 18-year-old me when I start playing football. <laughs> yep. I could have been a contender. But the decision process, because anyway, I obviously was looking at... <laughs> <laughs> so there's something amusing about me. Not going to the Leinster scene, are you, Graham? This is a very good keeper, he was. <laughs> the decision process. There you go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make this sound serious. Sorry, sorry. I, I mean, I, I could have played Leinster Senior League. But, you know, just got too far. And the jersey just didn't fit. No, yeah, I, I don't know. Graham's after throwing me now. So. There's a lot of fat keepers in uh, the Leinster Senior League. That's true, there is. I've seen a few. Did I've you want it? No, I didn't. I, I, did you want the burger instead of the football? How did How did yeah. you feel when you knocked football on the head? I felt all right because I moved into rugby where I became a front row. Yeah. And they were encouraging me to get bigger. So I was like, this is right up my street. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I always wondered that because like I saw my... Like the dream sort of finished now, do you know that way? Yeah. I always wondered at the age of fifteen I was going to England. There was lads back home we never went to I, I always wondered like how they felt. Yeah. Then when I got came home from England, I, I thought that was my dream over. And then I was there, jeez, this feels shit and you that's when you've two ch- options like Yeah. Do you leave football altogether, which some of the best players I played with did, or do you go on and work hard and get a career out in the League of Ireland and did but then Coming towards the end, there say, "Oh, this is the dream over." From playing football from the age of five, and just stopped all of a sudden. Like it's going to be a culture shock to me. So, but I suppose like it's the end of it professionally. But you'll still stay involved, will you? Um, are you? I've no interest. I had no interest in coaching, but now that I'm out of it, I know it's only like three or four weeks. I'm already itching to get back in, so I will. I will get into coaching. Yeah. Uh, ideally, I'd like to work with like lads from between twelve and seventeen, where you can probably influence them see them developing mm. um but i'll we'll, we'll see what happens i'm gonna we're busy now with coca-cola at christmas so january i'll start getting you're doing the lights on the truck this year yeah that's me yeah. <laughs> i came up with that song holidays are coming <laughs> <laughs> the royalties will be in this year you came up with a better song than that the little red van the little red van that's a good song <laughs> this is something that we're allowed air, is it or? oh yeah it's completely pg you think I'm singing that now? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I can play it. Great. We'll, we'll uh, put it up on YouTube later. <laughs> no, I won't. No, okay. It, just goes, it goes like, in my little red van, it goes, brom, 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 brom. <laughs> Is that it? This chorus. Is oh, all right, okay. It's great. <laughs> I was like, that's catchy, but, you know, yeah, no, lacking substance. No. does more. We've been working on about four years now. We've been working on a Christmas number one, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. He's convinced right. that you just need one song. Yeah, it's like that episode of King and Queens where uh, Carrie's da and uh, oh, yeah. Spencer try to write a Christmas song. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love King and Queens, man. <laughs> it was only on the other night for the first time I've seen oil. Oh, I love it. It's I just show. love it. I can't get enough of it. His, uh, his new show, Kevin... Kevin James, yeah. Yeah, Kevin... What's the name of the new show? Kevin Can Wait, I think it's called. Yeah. And it's, he's a retired cop. Chris Weidman was in it. Chris Weidman was recently? Chris, yeah, Chris Weidman has a cameo in it. Yeah, he, play, he plays another cop. He's uh, a, he's former a guest Paramount as well, is it? Paramount comedy, is it? 
I don't actually know. Comedy it's it's not on on this telly, on air telly. Yeah. On this telly, it's not on air telly. So how do we go about watching it? I don't know. The internet. De- uh, our, our mutual friend, Devo, sent me links. Um, where I can buy it. Friend of the show and uh, former guest, Bass Rooten. Also stars in it. And Kevin Can Wait? Yeah. Because I watched the first four episodes. Did you watch any of them? No. They're good enough. Like, yeah. he's, Kevin James, I think, is hilarious. Actually, he's, his new series or new film or something was on Netflix there the other day. Isn't that it? I thought it was out on the 11th of the month. Oh, it's out the, this the, weekend. The Accountant or something. No, not weekend. The Accountant. That's uh, Ben, St- no, um, ben Affleck. What's it called now? Doesn't matter. It's all over Netflix. You'll see yeah, it. yeah. I've seen it. I if love Kevin in, James. If you log into Netflix. Oh, oh, it's great. I like Paul, Paul Blart. <laughs> love Paul Blart. I like, it's emotional, uh, right? I like that there's a little bit of emotion in it as yeah. well. I love stories like that. I, I like the one, uh, I think it's called The Zookeeper. Oh, I love The Zookeeper. Joe Rogan's in it. And um, he basically can talk to the animals and he discovers the animals can talk. And there's one angry gorilla, basically Harembe. And, uh, <laughs> who was like? And uh, he, he gets, the gorilla's like not interested, he's depressed, he's hates everything. He takes him out for a night on the town, brings him out in his van, <laughs> and tells everybody that's a bloke in a costume. It's oh, amazing. Uh, the gorilla has the time of his life and he's happy again. Very I'm not ruining the end and that's only just a subplot. Just saying. That sounds like something I'd like. Give it a look. It's a good film. Oh, I yeah. enjoyed it. I had a couple of laugh out loud moments. There's a bit where uh, the wolves are trying to teach him how he needs to be more masculine and they're teaching him how to like mark his territory and all that sort of stuff. So he's pissing up again a tree and this girl comes along that he likes. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> I won't tell you what happens. Just go and watch that clip. It's amazing. The amount of films I'm allowed to watch is very limited. Can't watch horrors because of Kira. Why? She won't watch them. Uh, and it's too soppy. I can't watch that because she won't stop crying. Ah, oh, Jesus. It's, it's basically in my house as friends. That's it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Our teen, teen mom. Our teen mom too. That's it. Oh I've, I've never watched an episode goodness. of Teen Mom, but yeah, uh, I, I watched that sixteen and pregnant. Is that the same? I think it's it might be a continuation on from that maybe. Yeah. I haven't watched an episode of Friends ever since uh, those conspiracy guys pointed out that uh, until Charlie came along, there's no black people in Friends. Oh my god, you've blown <laughs> my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you can see you can see the wheels turning his head yeah. there going season one, two, three, I four. Was thinking, four I was thinking Deacon, but there's wrong sitcom. They they live in the most Culturally diverse city on the planet, and yeah, <coughs> not a single black person. Well, they, they, they could they verify that though? They were saying they think I thought no. Well, I don't go on with it. I'm actually gonna look out for it now. He's gonna definitely look out yeah. for it. That's they had Italians, Joey and Paolo. Yeah. yeah. Remember Joey the spin-off? Awful I, show. I thought it started already. I thought it started. It started already. well, but it was awful in general. Two seasons was it? Three, I thought it got. Um, it was a bit sort of like when Gary left uh, take that I thought he did very well but nobody really got behind him I went to his concerts around. but his songs were amazing when he first left Open it. Road is one of the greatest oh pop songs God. ever written there was another one what was the other one like? there was, was another slow one yeah yes that one What's yes that I can't remember the name of it oh man here sing it again it's a you're good, you're good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're good enough. <laughs> I love that. Um, I know it's take that, but the hero. Real the world. Stardust, is it? Yeah, yeah. You and me. Oh, it's very good, eh? That, that movie's song, class. <clears throat> that song will always stay in my head because 
RTE used it in one of their many, many, many amazing sporting montages after Ireland won the Grand Slam in 09. And I watched it in a pub in Donnybrook with an owl lad who started crying. So I instantly started crying also. Uh, it was a beautiful moment. Really? You never beautiful it. moment. Tell you what, reeling in the years for 2016. Oh, it's going to be a series. It's a bloody 10-part yeah. series. The, the, well, the, the second, the, what song are they going to play for your bow now? Um... Jeez, I don't know. Never even thought of it. My it would have to be a song from this year, though. That's the thing, you see. Be my little red van. Could be a self-written song, yeah. yeah I've been known to write a few. You'd need to release <laughs> a fairly sharpish damn song. <laughs> you wrote there. an FAI Cup final song for Pats fans. Yeah, that's because we had one the year before. I think it was. I got to the FAI Cup final with Rovers, and they wrote some fans or someone wrote the song. Hooperman wrote it. Oh yeah, it was uh, to the tune of "We Didn't Start the Fire." Yeah, yeah. Pefflin is a hard man. So I was there. I was thinking to myself. I said to one of the lads at dinner, I says, have we got a, f- a song for the FA Cup final? And he says, no, I don't think so. One of the lads goes, go up and write one. I says, we only have an hour. He goes, go up and write. So I wrote a song and the lads there, they didn't think I'd write it. I came back down, everybody went for a nap and all. And uh, we were on the bus on the way to Aviva. And he says, did you write one? I says, yeah. And he said, sing it. I said, oh, I don't know. So I ended up singing the whole song. On the bus? It? Yeah. The Pats fans didn't know I was there all season until I sung that song. <laughs> That's the one thing I did that year. Can you give us a bar of the song? No, someone, someone will have it out there somewhere. Yeah, just a little bar, just a, a not even singing it. I'm trying to think of the start just of the reciting song. It. You, can you remember what the tune of it went? To? Yeah, back home in Derry. Back we, home. we were playing Derry. See, that was the. Ah, ah. Look, at look at him. Um, you were saying there about uh, players ch- choosing to quit when you came back. Like who was, who was one of the better players you played with that didn't make it? And you thought, "Geez, where the fuck's he gone? Why didn't he continue playing?" Yeah, it's been it's been loads really. Like, in um, in Ireland or England or both? Both and both. One of the best players I played with was uh, Ian McGrange from Shankill as well. Right. Just naturally talented. Had everything. Like I think it was between him and Darren Fletcher to get signed from Man United. You're joking. Yeah, I think Ferguson came over to watch them Ireland or playing Scotland. I think Ian McGrange wiped the floor with him. Ferguson come over to sign him and at the end Ian chose Wolves like he thought he'd get a better chance there and all and it never worked out for him but after that like he still could have played at any level after that he sort of just came out to Bray didn't he? He came home to Bray then moved back over to England I think he's back home again now but he just became disinterested in football it does it like it becomes a job sometimes when you're over there it's hard like because we thought we could have been over in Wolves as, as well like we could have been looked after a lot better outside of football. Like between going to, they could have brought us to the cinema or to play golf or something. But you're sort of after twelve o'clock, you're left. You could be getting like nearly a thousand pounds a week, and that's why lads fall into gambling or drinking or whatever. Whatever like. they do, yeah. Like it's, you fin- Jeez, you finish at twelve and you've nothing else to do with your day. You finish at twelve. You have lunch. You'd be f- out and all, but like two o'clock at the latest, I'd say. And. Like at the at the start, it's grand. We used, we used to walk around the shopping centre and all, but it's only, only so many times you can do it. Wolverhampton's a small town, so the like lads used to go to the pub or to the bookies, things like that. Is, that's sort of how they fell out all over the game as well. Jeez, by picking wolves. That was a great club. <laughs> yeah. If I had to do it all again, I'd about ten clubs after me to pick wolves again. Yeah. Yeah. And any other players? Um. Ian would be the standout just because he was like the most ha- naturally talented football. Like you couldn't teach what he had. Um, there'll be a few others. I can't really think of them at the moment. What about um, 
hardest kind of players to play against in our league. The League of Ireland? Yeah. Uh, Derek Penderoff, Bowes would be, I'd say he's probably the hardest. He's just a tough player. He would have been similar to me. Other teams wouldn't have, he's never thought of outstanding in the league. I always thought he was brilliant now. I thought, I put him in my team of the year every year. The Bowes fans loved him as well. Yeah. And he'd smash in a tackle. He'd do his job brilliantly as well. But he'd be the toughest player to play against. You used to hate playing against him, did you? Well, you enjoyed it. Like, you can't, yeah. like, people who say they don't enjoy, like, kicking in football or little spats or little fights little pinches I think they're lawyers yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think it's part of the game like it gives people something to talk about yeah instead it was just all passing like Barcelona every week it'd be a boring game if every team said that so yeah you do occasionally need somebody just to upend somebody just to get something going like sometimes it can change a game genuinely yeah Yeah. I agree just set something for so bring me back bring me on for (laughs) 10 minutes every game to do that (laughs) You wrote um, a masterful retirement letter. So I've heard. So uh, Match yeah, the day. Say. Ian Roy, BBC, everywhere. You've and been the, in high demand uh, since. The, very the, high. The, 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 the turn down about three podcasts just to do with you. Yeah, your, your loyalty is greatly appreciated. No problem. Thanks for paying me. Still not paying me. I hope you pay your other guests as well. Oh! <laughs> well, they wouldn't get an envelope that chunky. But <laughs> <laughs> Um, how uh, with, with the letter in particular like was it just something that you kind of sat down to do with Sport of the Moment or had you been thinking about it no I was, I was always going to thank people I was just mm. I was going to write it on Twitter like in whatever characters it is yeah. it. and I was there I couldn't fit in like the little few groups I wanted to so it was basically managers kit men my family was helping me on the way I couldn't fit it up so I said I'll write, I was looking for something to write it longer on and yeah. there's two twit longer or wordpress now people who read me letter think of a blog because it's on wordpress <laughs> i don't even know what a blog is <laughs> but um it just about half nine when i just got into bed it was wrecked it must have been the day after the match i just got into bed and i said i'll write the letter just wrote like who i the tank and i was gonna leave it at that and then i said i'll actually tell people like what i've done in football because i'm not an outstanding player i'll tell them what i've done just by hard work and if any young lad ever sort of gets the chance to read the letter. You got yeah. my man in a match every week, so. You were right as well, Jonah. Yeah, absolutely. Those lads in the sun, the start, you haven't got a clue. <laughs> They're too busy tweeting to pick man in matches. I know. <laughs> I pick you every week. That'd be like. When you're in basketball, you're outstanding every week as well. Thanks. Yeah. When Except for when you missed sitters. Um, did, <laughs> did you envision in any way it going? As far as it did, the letter. No, uh, I, I wrote as a tank. I honestly thought, like, I thanked about three or four clubs. I thought they might retweet it, so the people who I thanked might see yeah. it. I didn't think it would take. I didn't mean it to take off like that as well. Yeah. Like a few people have asked me to come in and do things on the letter. I've no interest in doing. I don't mind talking about it, but a couple of people wanted me to record it and things like that. But I don't, I don't want to be milking. It was a genuine thanks to people. Yeah. And I sort of, at the end of it... That would cheapen it a bit, would it? Do you, do you I, I think, it's just, it was honest at the time, I just wrote it and it, <clears> it flowed naturally, it didn't take <clears> me any time, it took me about 25 minutes to write and just put it up, that was it, it took off, but I, I don't want to be milking it, I don't want to be, like, is this my way to stay sort of relevant, do you know what I mean, but yeah. doing things like this, it was a genuine thanks, if I were to do it again, I'd be saying the exact same things I've said in the letter, so it wouldn't be any different, so. Unless they want to pay me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Who like you said that Ian Roy was uh, he he tweeted he retweeted yeah. it. Was there any other kind of did anyone from the past start and reach out to say well done Pat or Yeah, it does it would have been a few lads a few lads over at Wolves, uh when I tweeted all the stuff and they said oh, we could have added a lot more stories to what you put there. <laughs> so I had to sort of delete those tweets. <laughs> but uh, one of the one of the nicer ones we got was uh from one of the lads I used to play with at Shelbourne, he was a young lad and he said uh he was always great with all the young lads, had loads of times for a senior player. And um, I, I just that made me feel better than any, because I, I felt I sort of made someone feel welcome into a senior team, which is huge at that age, because when I was at Wolves, Keith Andrews and Mark Kennedy did it with me, pr- probably because I was Irish, he made me feel welcome into the first team setup, And it was good that I did it for those lads. What would they have done? Just like introduce you to the lads. They'd, little things like... Would they look after you? Like? They'd look after you. They'd, you know, they'd take the piss out of you as well, like, which... <laughs> It's hard to embed you into the culture as well. Like, do you put DP in my jocks, things like that? <laughs> People are laughing. Do you know, it makes you tougher. And like, you learn to take it on the chin. But when they laugh at you, they, they come over to you and say, Oh, you're all right, and all. And it gets you talking to the first team players, which I was going in every day. I was talking to Paul Lince, uh, Dennis Irwin, Glenn Hoddle was the manager. And it became nothing to talk. It was just natural to talk. They're normal people. But then sort of now when I'm looking back, I was there, they were actually superstars. Yeah. Looking back, especially like Dennis Irwin. That's, I played in his position most of my life. That's mm. the one man I, I think is the best Irish player ever. Just He was a 7, 8 out of 10 every game. <coughs> Ferguson said it was probably his best ever signing. He's world class. And what would you say to Irwinsy? Jeez, I don't know. Like, like, that's just crazy. That you would just go into a dressing room with Paul Lins and Dennis Aaron. Yeah. All right, lads. Well, Aaron, Aaron came in. We heard he was signing for Wolves. Just <coughs> I think it was because he followed them. And then it came that he what? Dennis Aaron followed, follows Wolves? But I think that's probably the only reason he signed for him. No way. Yeah, because that's there random. Be, there'd be no reason for him to finish at United on the top and just drop yeah. to Wolves. You know that way? But I think following Wolves is the reason he signed for him. And um, I remember staying at like half an hour, 40 minutes after training with him one day, I was there, this is unreal. He's shown me just how to get the ball out of my feet and cross it, get the ball out of my feet, cross it. Did it for about like 20, 30 minutes. After that, he looked at me and says, I give up, you're no good. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> did he? <laughs> you? He never said it wasn't any good. He goes, like, come on, you've had enough. <laughs> I got the message. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't cross the ball. <laughs> I said, I'll work on my defending instead of my attacking. <laughs> That's why you never went past that. Yeah, it's like a forest field. <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say? The, the the thing you were saying about the shells player, the the young lad reaching out was that. Did you feel responsible as you were getting older to look after the young lads no, on the team? No, well, that would have been three or four years ago. I just I was always conscious of young lads because you can you can tell if a player's nervous, and I think the best way when they're nervous is nearly to get them in and. Not make a show of them, but have a little joke with them, yeah. And see if they joke. If some of them will joke back straight away, and they're involved. But then, if you just get talking to them, even even in training, I always encourage people. I'd, I'd never really knock people in training. I'd always encourage, and there, you do need to be knocked sometimes. But there's other lads in the team who could do that for me. Yeah. But I'd always encourage, and uh, I felt a lot of the young lads sort of thrived in that, especially in the first probably four or five weeks when they're in with you. And they've gone on to be like some of them have gone on to be really good players, you know that way. And like who? Uh, Sean Gannon would have been one at Rovers. Like yeah. he's he's I don't know what age, probably twenty four maybe even. Yeah. 
He's been in Europe twice or group stages twice or Rovers, won leagues or Rovers, won the FAI Cup of Pats, won a couple of leagues at Dundalk, Europe at Dundalk. It's mental, isn't it? Of, he must be one of the most decorated players and he's only 24. And he was always one, he'd come and ask you questions. <coughs> he'd uh, want to learn, one of those type of lads. And he's just really good lads, good to see him doing well. That's mental, yeah. Do you, um, do you look at what Dundalk are going through at the moment and kind of say... I don't want to call it a flash in the pan because obviously Rovers a couple of years ago and that kind of thing. But is there any party that's like, unless this is consistent, you know, it's it's not worth a whole lot. Like, um, I don't know. Like Dundalk, they've done really well. Like with Rovers, we got there. I don't think we played. We did okay in games. We never yeah. pushed on. Dundalk are out playing teams. I think it's a mix between Dundalk are very good, and in all honesty, I think the standard of football in Europe has dropped. Mm. I went to watch Wolves only last year playing Burnley who won the league to go up to the Premier League and they were terrible uh, the two teams are terrible and they compared to when I was there the first team were miles ahead um, I see a lot I see a lot a lot of teams want to play that football again and even I look at United I went to watch them playing Stoke about a month ago and Stoke were like an average team United play bad nobody wants to play sort of not direct football but Get your ball to your wingers, crossing in the box. The way United mm. have scored all their goals over the last, say, 15 years. Everybody wants to play this passing game. and It's brilliant if you're Barcelona or Bayern it's Munich and you can do it. it. Yeah, it is I a bit boring to watch it. Kill, kill them with possession and then yeah. find like, like Barcelona are great. You know, they're the best mm. at it. But a lot of teams and players aren't capable of doing it. Nah, see, I, I hate Barcelona. I, I hate like Messi. So. Oh, do you? Oh, he's drugs Very controversial. He's a, dro- he's a drugs cheat. I'd I, I be a Ronaldo man myself. Because mm. you, you had a run aim at him, of course, which well, tells as well. So. Only because I always say Ronaldo's the best player in the world, so I can say I could play against the best <laughs> player in the world, not the second best player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the only reason I say that. What, <laughs> what was Glenn Hoddle like? Was um, there many interactions with him? Or? Not, not really. He was, he was who always... Was his, his, who was his, his assistant? Um, Stuart Gray was his assistant. Oh, yeah. Stuart was great. He was great with the young lads. Terry Connors was there. He was great with me now as well. Um, but Huddle, he had his first team players. He's concentrating. He was sort of on the verge of being in the squad. He, not even being in the squad. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't have many interactions with you at all. He, some days I pass him, say hello, and he'd look at you and give you a nod without saying hello. I felt very distant from him. Now probably lasted about, I think, a season with him, and then. <laughs> Instead of him telling me he was gone, releasing the club, they wasn't even, I think it's the chief executive or someone like that. They never had a one-on-one conversation with him, which I thought was a bit unprofessional from his. I, I didn't mind, I was never good enough to say it was, but I just would have liked to hear it from his mouth Yeah. instead mm. of a chief executive who I'd never met. But Do you think that's doubt. endemic though of the way the game is for <coughs> particularly young lads who go over to England, that kind of thing, like maybe spend two years at, a club and then if it comes to the point whereby they're not going to be kept on there isn't a proper sort of release mechanism so to speak in place uh, uh, there, there might be now when I was there there wasn't it was mm. uh, I was gone and luckily your man Terry Connors who was a reserve manager I think he got me down to Torquay to play for them but now I think when you get released there's little, I think Glenn Hoddle actually has an, a, a football academy so all release players go and fight for contracts you play in teams against each other, managers oh, from like a, a Hunger Games are released players, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> we almost want to watch that league. Only the, the Premier League. 
but uh, I think it's something similar to that over here in Ireland as well now to a, when you get released from a club here yeah. um, the PFEI the union they've they get a squad together you go over and play against Norwegian teams who their league runs similar to ours it's a summer season and it'd be a similar standard and you go and play against them managers from our league the Norwegian league can come and look at you if you wanted to go away so it's, it's good that way but when I was playing over in England there was no, you're a, when I was gone I had no agent and it was just it was nearly left to me to find a club yeah. um, I ended up living with my uncle for a while he wrote to every club in England and Scotland including Rangers <laughs> which I wasn't happy about and asked uh, could I go on trial for them but nobody wants a, t- a defender is a defender like there's not much difference between me and the next defender yeah. if, if you're a striker you can be outstanding you can win a manager promotion or something as a defender you might get one or two outstanding but they're all pretty much the same do you know that way I'm sure all the lads in that play centre half will thank you for that one now yeah they will yeah <laughs> it's the truth Rangers um, I, I, got, I just got a letter back from Rangers one day and says, sorry, uh, your invitation or your request for a trial at our club has been rejected. I was there, Rangers? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I says, did you? And he goes, oh yeah, I applied for every club in England and Scotland. I was there, geez. <laughs> so in the end, it ended up, uh, he goes, nobody wrote back. So he goes, oh, Kidderminster, I want you to go down there, back to the Midlands. So I went down to Kidderminster and I came with my gear bag and all the managers there, yeah. I said, I'm here to do a trial. And he goes, who are you? And I say, Patrick Flynn, like my uncle was on to you. And he goes, never heard of you. <laughs> and I say, I want to come in from Manchester. He goes, well, try your gear on. You can train with us. I trained, I did very well. And got a month-to-month contract, like, which is good for me at the time. I went back to my uncle. He says, he never heard of me. And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, nobody's getting back, so I just bullshit that one. <laughs> I said, that's a very dangerous game to play. I says, I could have been heartbroken down the Midlands an hour and a half from Manchester. <laughs> Well, it worked in the end. So <laughs> that's that's um, the way it was. It was very tough over there. I wonder if they've if if they've changed changed the style because there's a lot of obviously lads from Joey still going over to England and signing for English clubs. I wonder if they changed it where the player doesn't like yourself doesn't feel a bit isolated after twelve o'clock every day. I, I'd say they have. I think like we there was one or two days we had education on like we we're meant to go to that. There was 20 of us lads doing sports, science, and like we had a good-looking girl teacher, and nothing was getting done, like nothing at all. <laughs> so I, I left that, I went and did Irish. Why wasn't that getting done? I don't know, just <laughs> 20 wild. It was like Attenborough show. <laughs> <laughs> Planet Earth. At the start, I loved it. it was a bit of fun and all, but I says, I'm out. I wanted to learn. In the end, I probably did the st- free education, whatever I wanted. I did the stupidest thing. I went and did four years of Irish in a pub <laughs> with lads who moved over to England in the 70s. <laughs> you know, it was great crack, but I learned nothing. That was amazing. That's like. gas. Cupola Fuckle, maybe. Yeah. That's it. But uh, yeah. I was good. I, I'd hope the clubs concentrate on education more because, like, if 10 lads go over from Joey's, realistically, two of them will stay over there at the original, one will stay at the original club, a few might play lower down. And that's I came back now. I'm sort of only now I'm finished. I'm started looking like what's my options in my career? Will I push on in Coca Cola? Will I look elsewhere? So it's something I'm gonna have to decide. Ooh. At thirty two and a half in January. In January, um, geez, yeah. And well now we are kind of only fresh out of the order of the league and all that. And if you don't want to ruffle any feathers, that's perfectly acceptable. No ruffle feathers. Bo. No ruffle feathers. Bo. 
Have you got any frustrations <coughs> about the league or about the FAI? Um, it's totally like there's n- there's not enough there. I personally, just me, I'd like to see it going back to Sundays. I think that's the day matches should be. Nobody's going to compete with English matches on three. Most matches on a three o'clock on a Saturday. So don't even put any game. We used to play on Saturdays. Don't put any games on a Saturday. A lot of fans fly out to watch United, to watch Liverpool, to watch Celtic from Ireland every week. This, <coughs> these are just minor things. Uh, there needs to be a lot more done. Like all the players in the league only get majority of them get one year contracts, and a one year contract in their league is seven or eight months. Yeah. So we're the only we get paid. We start back training in January usually, but we didn't get paid till the first match of the season, which is so we're doing probably six or seven weeks for free, unpaid. Yeah. Jesus. Now, there's no other job in the world you do that. And do you think though that? Is it just a kind of a status quo thing? People just accept it, and because of that, it just is what it is. Like it is now. The union are trying to do a bit about it, but it's 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 hardly like, because everybody wants to be a footballer. I think the clubs now they have the footballers bent over a barrel uh, because they leave you waiting until January to say whether they're going to sign, and you might sign in January. They say training's the middle of January we start, but you don't get paid till March. Now, re- if you wanted to, you could just show up for the first week. After you sign that contract, you could show up for your first game, that's it. Yeah. But if you have any type of professionalism about you, you because you want to be fit, match fit going <clears> into games. So the clubs know that. Everybody knows it. So that needs to be looked at, I think. Um, there's probably a million other things that need to be looked at as well. But so, just, so like Sundays is an interesting one. Yeah. I, I, just, I just like, go back to the way it always was. Like <laughs> Leinster Senior League used to be on Sundays. Uh, Three yeah. o'clock, I thought it was great. Now, it upset players because I know players like to play Friday. They might have a weekend off and go out drinking. But two or three o'clock on a Sunday was. I used to love going and watching matches at that time. Yeah. Um, then you've got Super Sunday, the Premier League. The Premier League's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so it doesn't make a difference it's, now. Yeah, of course it doesn't. Um, so it's whether I think it has to be a Saturday or Sunday now. I think Saturday would be very hard with all the Premier League games being on at three o'clock. I know they don't show many, but. A lot of people fly over to watch them. But it's not even just the Premier League anymore. It's Lads now make a full day of it where they'll start with the early game in the Premier League and then there's a German game on at 2 o'clock. There's the 3 o'clock game on the Irish telly. Then you have the 5 o'clock game. Then you've got a Spanish game at 7. And then we're getting MLS then. then about 10, 11. You go nearly 20 like hours the, just like watching the, football. The TV coverage for the other leagues is insane. Yeah. Like, and then, as you said, I mean, what, there's Monday Night Football and the Yard Live game. Yeah, like that. Even or the lads who do the air match of the day show, like it's great. It's football's about kids for me. Like mm. the kid can't watch. It's on a like five past eleven or something like that. Kids yeah. they can't watch it. Now you might Sky Plus it or something like that, but even um, Soccer Republic, you're on about. Soccer Republic, yeah. but Air have come in now as well. Mm. They've done great with the games. Like they've since they've come in. The amount of games they've shown live on yeah. Saturdays, FAI Cup games, everything has been brilliant. It's a pity the playoff wasn't on the telly. A lot of the playoffs have never been on, on the telly. Like they, they probably should be, but they've, they've never really been on telly. And now they're always the best games as well. But it's, it's gas as well with the, the quarterfinals, semifinals of the Cup, the FAI Cup, because that could go to a replay, but the replay won't be on the bloody telly. Yeah, that's true enough. Do you think there's... I'll try that again. An element of kind of this perception, though. Like I know, I know. Look, I'm 
I'm guilty myself. Like I'm not a huge League of Ireland fan. I, I went to, I'd say I could count on two, like both my hands, the amount of Bray Wanderers games I went to when he used to play for Joey's and I got a free pass. Like, yeah. um, when I was in UCD, I went to watch a couple of their games kind of thing. But I'm not an active League of Ireland fan, never have been. But when you see the situation with Dundalk at the moment where a draw in the Europa Cup is getting them more than yeah. their actual league prize money. That surely isn't going to do anything to help the game. Like, uh, um, it'll, it'll do a lot to help Dundalk. Um, but they, if they spend it right, they pull. They should pull away from other teams. Uh, yeah, sorry. Like I know, like I was uh, from Dundalk. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, people's kind of perception of it. Then they're going to look at it and they're going to go, "Hang on a second, they get more for drawing one match over there than yeah. they for winning the entire league." What yeah. sort of joke shop? That's kind of yeah. more what I meant. Like. Well, that's the truth of it. That's not the money. They haven't got the money to give out the FAI. Yeah. For prize money. I think even when the Satanta Cup was here, you, you might have got more for winning the Satanta than the league, or would have been close right. enough. When we got to Europe that time at Rovers, we got a nice chunk of money as well, and it was more than we got for winning the league the same year. Mm. Um, the money's not. They're giving what they can, the FAI, but. Can they not do better, though, no? I'm, I'm sure there's ways to do I know they're looking at ways to do yeah. better, and there's there is ways to do better, but. It needs to be done soon. It's a problem, like, it's mm. hard. It's hard because the FAI, as long as the clubs agree to this as well, like the season's 36 or 8 weeks, whatever it is. So you're going to have to play a lot of matches Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Friday. Tuesday. Now, for me, next year, if I was to bring me and my two lads, it's going to cost me about 40 or 50 euros to go to one game. Yeah. Then I have to bring them to another game that week. That's yeah. 100 euros. That's without programs. That's without Chip chips and sausages. And a nice cold Coca Cola. How much? <laughs> <laughs> to, to wash it all down. To wash it all down. How much is it to go to it? Fifteen for an adult, tenner for a child. Is that a bit steep? I think it's steep. Yeah. Well, I think I, th- I think Pats are doing a thing now. I think they might be doing a. They obviously, do family tickets. Yeah, as well. the family tickets. I was just talking to a fella from Crumlin Essays. Like they're looking to get kids in, so I think it might be fifteen euro for an adult with a kid free. Which is good. But yeah, it's not bad, but I mean, like, I remember, I'm sorry to cut across you, but I mean, Ireland international games back in the old Lansdowne. Two, two euro. Two pounds. Two pounds. Like. That's mad. I forgot about that. Oh, man. I think you're dead right, though, about Soccer Republic. Like, what good is that to a kid at 11 o'clock in the evening? I, I sometimes don't even stay up for that. Like, like I, I can't, I complain, have I can't complain about it because it's a good show and it's, on, it's giving the league exposure. And yeah. they're probably only giving them the only time slot they have. But it used to be on at 8 Do, o'clock. Then what you then he's going at seven o'clock. You nah, can't prime, take away for a city then. No, you can't. Prime, prime really like, no, see, but Soccer Republic's on RT two. Carrickstown, Fair City is on at RT one. clash, but at least the yeah. kids have an option. Do you think? I don't know if it's something that's already in place, but like I said, like the the Joey's thing where you used to get the free pass to the matches out in yeah. Bray Wanderers. Do do they not have something in place where Joey Joey's the on links of Bray now? So I think they might have something there. Uh, I know Rovers have a lad, Graham Gartland, going around to the schools. Yeah. So I think once every while they let like kids go free with an adult or something. They do it once in a while. Which you need to get kids in. Cause I was going to say, to me, like, I mean, the amount of football clubs yeah. in the border, like, they could easily do a thing where, even if it was like two euros, because it's better to have yeah. 50 kids in a match than four of them who went yeah. with their dad. It's not more free, like. playing in front of an empty stand. When there's... Like fifty people in the stand. Would yeah. that affect affect you? Longford didn't get great crowds. Did we they? never got great crowds. No. Uh, and was that the flighting? 
Because yeah, it was yeah. About ten years ago, they were getting huge crowds. Well, they did. They were in the FAI <coughs> Cup. They they did have a lot of money there. They did really big players there at the time as well, and they did well last year. We pushed on. We got okay crowds. I don't know what the crowds are like at Longford before. Yeah, we we're always getting about thousand two hundred maybe. That was last year. What we needed to do this year was push on. Probably invest more in the budget. Uh, we don't. We don't know what the budget was, but from the players we lost, it would sort of suggest that the budget wasn't there. Um, but if you want to, but is it the flying plane in front of two hundred, three hundred people? It is, yeah, because like if hundred or say a thousand people are all saying something about you can't hear. Yeah. But if fifty people's understand and one person shouts something, you can hear it. it echoes hear it. around and you can hear. It. That's not, it's. It wouldn't be that. That was that would be a bit of crap. It's just. I think I think that could be something that could be done easily. Though I mean, even if they just take one club a week, like so, everybody that plays in the DDSL. Yeah. Right this week, it's Ballybrack. Yeah, you just have free passes to Rovers versus whoever in Tallaght Stadium. Yeah, the next week then it's Joe's right. Yeah, from under eights up to your under fourteens or something, have free passes because obviously not all of them are going to go. They need to look at it because if if you get that like say fifty kids going every week. Yeah. Out of them, you you might get six season ticket holders or something like that. Yeah, which is you. And if you do that every year, like that's it's how to build up. People get it when they go go to the games constantly. It gets into you, it gets into your blood, and you start following the home and away. Graham does it. You go everywhere mm. watching yeah. Rovers now, don't you? Yeah, it's the one, to, and it's, it's something that's great buzz though as well. Sometimes annoys me is that it's clear that the, the lads who are into the league are into the league. Yeah. But then you almost get an element of this elitist attitude that certain people have towards it. I don't think that affects attendances, though. I think that's just... Ah, put me off. If I'm, if I'm going no, to a match... You put I'm, off long before that. If I'm going to a match and I'm walking <laughs> along, they're like, who's this blow-in? That, that, that doesn't happen when you're at matches. That's the that. internet community. That is not... The, man, I say that to people at Leinster matches with me season tickets. <laughs> so there's no way it doesn't happen at football matches. <laughs> but I think... Um, the FEI said no. The, the FEI definitely they do. They set the ticket prices. Yeah. So I think asking say Padge saying there f- fifteen and then ten then twenty five, thirty five euro. You're asking Padge to spend the Friday night for tickets for him and two kids. Ah, oh, that's bananas. That's bananas. Man. And then there's you. A lot of the time there's been two games this season, and then yeah, if games Friday, get called Monday, off. Friday, the way Monday. Dundalk have been. Yeah. There's nearly been three games in ten days, probably less. Yeah. Three games in nine days. I think they definitely have to review If you're a diehard fan to go to all those games, now, a diehard fan will have a season ticket, but, yeah, but some, some people like can't afford them and they just want to pay weekly yeah. or at every game. My, my cousin um, is a big guy head and he is season ticket holder for Dublin. But that season ticket gives him everything. Mm. League, championship, the ladies, the minors, uh, everything in Parnell Park and uh, gives him first preference for the Manchester Crow Park. And I think it's about 110 euro. Yeah. That's mental. But that's, like, that sort of models the way you need to do it. Like, even, like, the, it's rugby, like, but the Leinster season tickets, so you get all the Pro 12 home matches, all the group stage European matches. If they make it to the knockout phase, you get first option on the knockout phase. You get first option on any of the away games. You get free access to the British and Irish Cup or the, the Leinster underage to play in Donnybrook. Like, you have a constant stream there. Yeah, and the yeah. fact that they're getting you to go and watch the younger groups and the youth teams then as well so, so you I think it's easier because you've Leinster or you've uh, the GA you've Dublin yeah with Air League there's five or six clubs yeah. in Dublin in Dublin yeah I suppose that's true which yeah. is hard and I know people say 
giant say shells and boat you can't do it the, the clubs have too much history History, yeah and yeah. ideally it'd be it'd be great if they did it but if we were to see rovers join with pats or something yeah. like that, you'd, you'd be filming it it never happen it makes sense that the amount of clubs are in dublin because the population of dublin yeah Mm. I think anyway. Is there is do you have any regrets? You, like would you have liked to have played for any clubs that you didn't? Then I would have loved league? to play for Derry, yeah. Derry? Yeah. Just sort of before I went to Rovers, we played Derry at Waterford a few times. And just it'd be the whole thing up there, it'd be the whole culture up there for me, like I would I would have liked. And it's probably it's probably a club that I regret not playing for, but do you have, a, have any opportunity to play for them? No. <laughs> Their loss. <laughs> Their loss. And the North's loss. <laughs> um, do you have any abiding memories or stories that you probably haven't told until now, but now you can? I was trying to think of a few. So when I was writing that speech, I was trying to think of a few stories. And a lot of, a lot of stories I've told people. Um, have you told the airwaves, though? <laughs> no, there's a few I can't. I'll be thrown in jail for or Other people will be thrown in jail for Funny thing that... You uh, don't have to name names. You can give them a pseudonym if you want. Schmatrick Schmlin. <laughs> <laughs> there was a funny part of the letter where it was like, uh, I played with, something along the lines of, I played with the maddest, people said the maddest footballer in the world, Paul Gascoigne, until you met Bocker Bailey. Yeah. Why was Bocker Bailey mad? Well... There's so much. Uh, <laughs> there's really so much, and none of it still because I like him is repeatable. <laughs> I, always. I think that says it all. We don't have to say it. But well, then tell us uh, th- the experiences with Paul Gascoigne. Well, How was he, he mad when he came to Wolves? He, it was just his whole persona of being mad. You, you what you would have heard about him. He, he'd calmed by the time he came to Wolves. He played reserves at us every week. But was on the way to the reserve games, he'd be telling the stories of what he did. Like, I think he came in about three o'clock in the morning he, to Rangers. This one, he's at Rangers. He couldn't sleep, and uh, so we went fishing. Come in the next morning, the lads are out. Where's Gaza? Like, where's? Why isn't he at training? And about ten o'clock, he arrived. They're meant to be there at nine, and he comes in with two fish. And I think he said him and Ali McCoyster both injured at the time, so. He, he goes, come on out. I think they did one of the Loudrup's cars, maybe. And he put the fish in a boot. And to make a smell, the car smell. But Gaza had the two fish. And he says, wait there. So he put it underneath the seat into a pouch. And he said, when Loudrup got to his car, he goes, what the fuck is the smell? <laughs> and he goes, he spent like a week saying, what's the smell? And in the end, he's seen it hidden in his boot. So he got it, got a valet and all. And about a week later, he's there. The smell's the fucking hair. <laughs> What is it? But it was hidden under a seat. Apparently, he didn't find it for a couple of weeks. Just oh, stories no like that. Way. I'd say that car was stinking. <laughs> what, was he? Was he nice to be around, Gaza? Yeah, he was like first of all, he's a great footballer. He's, his, his brain was so quick. Uh, we played Sunderland, maybe Birmingham. I think we played, and he was so good in the ball. He just hadn't the pace to get away. He was trying to sort himself out at that time as well. That's why I think Ince might have had a big deal with him coming to Wolves. Um, but he was not, so nice to be around. Was uh, that a bit like one of those moments where you're in the dressing room with Ince and Erwin? Holy shit, here's Gaza. Like when when they said Gaza was coming to Wolves, like we knew he was coming just to train, but then towards the end of the train, they said he's looking to sign. I was there. It's, it was sort of, it's after, like probably about five or six years after when I was at home and all, I was thinking, it was probably <laughs> yeah. the time your man was killing people up in Newcastle and Gaza came out with him with a chicken or whatever the, fish, the fishing rod and a couple of candles it's the yeah. same lad like he was 
teaching me how to do throw-ins a couple of years ago. <laughs> teach how to do throw-ins? I just, he always told me, as soon as you get the ball, just throw it into my feet, wherever I am. doesn't matter who's on me, just throw it to me. And still, to the, when I took throw-ins to this day, I just, the first person says, throw it in and trust him with it. And that's what he said to me, and it stuck with me. And he was right. Cause he, that's <laughs> mad. He had a million other stories. I probably can't, I think he, he might, uh, went to London Zoo or something and, kidnapped an ostrich out of it because <laughs> because one of the lads and spores had a big neck and he used to apparently call them ostrich neck or something like that so he dressed them up in a spores kit and let them run around the training ground <laughs> and, I was, the and what your reaction was that what the hell that is mental man. and i was there I was, I was trying to get my head around how did he get it out first was he allowed but I said, yeah. these are some stories and was Aaron's he just quiet dennis Aaron? he was quiet he came in because there's about four of them travel from Manchester they come in just train did their job but to be a lot of times he, he'd stay behind with me twice I remember like practicing corners or crosses and another time I was just setting for him to practice his own crosses it's only when he got home I rang you sort of my dad and I said oh, I was doing like I think my dad said were you late home for training I said oh yeah it's just like Dennis wanted me to <laughs> stay back <laughs> it wasn't it was to me it was a uh, just trying to wear Erwinsy today. <laughs> Who the fuck is Erwinsy? At, at the time, like it's it's weird because you you become familiar with them and the most down to earth people. Yeah. I mean, all this thing you hear of football, like prima donnas and all, I've never witnessed it with any of the footballers. A few younger lads have probably witnessed it, but all the first team lads were great. They were. What did you think of? Uh, you played with Jolie and Lescott. What did you think of his tweet? When he he wasn't it Villa lost or he got relegated and he puts out a tweet of a brand new car. Well, I went that off in his pocket. Like, <laughs> I cleaned his boots and he gave me like two hundred pounds at Christmas. So I've not one bad word to say about that man. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier one of the things done to you was uh, the classic DP and the jocks. Yeah, there's something tingly um, nice about it as well. Uh, I, <laughs> I think I wasn't a fan of it. Um, but anyway, the 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 DB in the jocks was there anything that was other than that that was done to you that you're taught? Um, I have to get you back for that. Or there was a time when I went over, uh, me Graham, just before I went over, a friend Andrew Sturdy as well. Uh, See it. We we were all into the rebel music and starting to learn the bowerons and things like this. So I used to wear my Celtic jersey into every train. Like <laughs> I had about five Celtic jersey into every train on Wolverhampton. Like and uh, one day I came back. And I think Gaz's autograph was on it. Alex Ray and Kenny Miller. And the three of them were big Rangers, man. I was there, Jesus Christ. <laughs> then another time, my runners, my runners were nailed into the ground. <coughs> and so I was trying to lift them up. I, I did not. And they were nailed to the actual ground. And then, what, were, what, were you, what were you thinking? Like, were you crying? I was crying loud. I was there. It was brilliant. And then, I would have been like, you fucking bastard. <laughs> the la- what else? Just, when I was went to Kidderminster then that time, uh, the manager was playing. I was playing for them, and then he said, "Oh, I want the starting eleven. So we called eleven players. Is there? I'm on the bench, and he goes, "Give me the subs." Call the subs, and he goes, "Give me the two lads in the stand." So this is in training, and I says, "What about me?" He goes, "Oh, you go and collect the balls." So I was going to collect the balls. Is there? This is a fucking asshole. I was fuming. I was. So I was walking off collecting the balls, and I just heard like stampede coming towards I said what's that all the lads dived on me it was my birthday <laughs> and he ripped me clothes, like literally ripped them off me and got uh, the dubbing for the football boots and 
like the black polish yeah. and the brush and polish my whole body in black <laughs> right up my ass crack everywhere and I was there to myself oh my I says how did you know it was my birthday my dad rang the secretary of the club and told him and that's why the manager obviously told me to walk by myself and I so your dad hung you out to dry he hung me out to dry I came back oh, bad to him. and like there was looking in the window uh, at the club was the secretary and a couple of others and there's me coming back with a t-shirt up to my waist <laughs> and nothing on below because it was all ripped <laughs> off covering my privates walking in and I was in the shower we left at about 3 o'clock that day I'm sure I was in the shower till about like 6 half 6 and I still didn't get it off is it still there? it's probably still <laughs> is it with jam on it? you might mix it up with <laughs> the other brown stuff that's up there <laughs> You'll do. <laughs> <laughs> had a bit of wear over the years. Class, <laughs> oh, <has>, yeah. Class. <laughs> Met Paul Merson as well. Merson? Yeah, Merson was at... Uh, Walsall. Walsall when I was there. I was on trial. And I was just... I was, went in. I was training with him. And was doing well. And Mark Kinsler was there at the time as well. I think he was sort of player. Or he might have been going... Assistant manager. And he goes, Geez, you're doing well. Like, the manager... He's fancy. you. Like, he might have a word with you to sign you. So we went home, did the natural, rang me down, I said, they might take a chance on me here, they might sign me. Merson got sacked the next day. Jesus. I was there, oh my God. He's been on Sky Sports ever since. Yeah. Love, love a little gig like that. <laughs> yeah. Watching football matches, getting paid for it. Would wouldn't you go on Soccer Republic if you were asked? Yeah, I wouldn't say why not. Like, I probably wouldn't be a great, I'd give it a shot. Would you be afraid to be critical of some of your colleagues, former um, colleagues, mates? No, I'd, I'd be honest, that's... That's all it'd be. You wouldn't rip them apart, though. Um, no, I wouldn't. Oh. I don't. I'd, I would probably wouldn't rip any player apart on anyway. Yeah. Like if a player was playing bad, I'd, I'd say. But I think there's constructive way to say things. Very good. That's that's what people like to hear. Yeah. Um, what a. I know you said like you'd maybe go into the coaching of the younger ages and that, but is it something that you're gonna give a bit of space and then maybe? go into it or is it something that you're probably going to last till Christmas and be like right that's it I have to get back it'll be it. after Christmas because uh, <coughs> just with coke at December it's their mad time B- year busy time of year yeah. and I wanted to take a while off just to get my head straight like and proper plan what I'm going to do after football but coach and I'm going to you I'm need to do something about that Ned Kelly what do you mean no <laughs> <laughs> bit of flesh that's, there. that's the dominoes yeah but I'll, I'll jump I'll jump straight into the coach and I think whether it's I'd, I'd like a schoolboy team or something where you can yeah. see progressing uh, in whether it's Crumlin or even a local team in Tala or whether it was Ballybrack it doesn't I'd, I'd honestly just like to see kids progressing I was talking to uh, one of the lads out here in Ballybrack he said they've now under 8's team they've not, the un- his 8 year old has to play under 10's there's no reason why you can't get like it's 7 aside at that age there's no yeah. reason you can't get 10 lads to play under 8's in Ballybrack Lachlan's town area like yeah. Definitely. They're just knocking the door. It doesn't matter like how good they are. Just they need to go out playing. Lads progress at different ages, I think. And Ballyrack should be a bigger club than it is as well. Mm. Completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. With the, um, go on. The Cabin Teely has just taken over the area, so. Well, they they did it well. Mm. Uh, just it. Stem and Joey's seem to be the main teams. Like Joey's have the history. I don't know whether schoolboy teams from me looking at the outside I don't I haven't talked to any schoolboy teams but it seems to get the best players in the local area but we used to have B teams C teams made up of all local lads yeah. I don't know whether 
like there could be about 10 lads from the north side playing on the south side 10 lads from the south side playing it used to be you nearly stay with the area like joey's would get lads from their area yeah kevin's would get lads crumlin would get lads from their area that'd be it it's now a free-for-all now it's sort of and mm. it's, it's in fairness it's easier to travel down the m50 yeah it's not yeah. like when we used to be playing you'd be going up the back roads but yeah. it's like um when richie ryan was playing with belvo yeah he was coming from tipperary yeah. but probably because he wanted to be a footballer in England, he probably wouldn't get noticed in temporary. Yeah. If, they go, if a player has ambition, he wants to go to the club where he thinks he'll get away. Yeah. yeah. To England or whether he thinks he'll get a club in Ireland. If the, to me, like, play at the highest level you can play at. It doesn't matter if it's England or Ireland, Leinster Senior, because I look at the Leinster Senior League and some of the teams are great in it. Yeah. I, um, I, I agree with that as well in the sense of the... Catch- the catchment the, area. Yeah, because even going back, like, I was like, I remember Joe's had Premier, Major, A, A1, the Black had Premier, Major, all in. You did, you always had a couple of lads, like one or two of the lads, I think, went over to Cherry yeah. Orchard for a season or two, or Ardmore just down on Bray. <laughs> they got huge for a long time. Well, long time in the space of three years. And then. But yeah, you know, the, the, the catchment area thing is definitely something because, as I said, it was all local lads. It was all just lads from yeah. the area. That, and occasionally you get a torn coat who'd go from Brack to Joe's or Joe's to Brack or something. A torn coat? You would. You'd get, a, you'd get a dirty torn coat who'd last two weeks and then realise the grass isn't greener and they'd come back crawling. You know what I mean? But. Joe's are always better than the Brack. Let's call a spade a spade here. You watch your mouth. Never played for the Brack. Did you never play for the Brack? Never. Ever? Despite what Merrill's dad says, I've never played for a value break. Did you ever play for Lockenstown? Lockenstown, yeah. yeah. I think I played under eights with Lockenstown. Uh, the late Bobby Kane was your manager there. At the height of Lockenstown's kind of glory, how many teams did they have? Would they have been like a team at every age group? Or? No, no. They would have, no, like, I think they had eights. eights. I remember them having twelves. Yeah, eights, eights till probably twelves. That's yeah. what they had. And they, they really good players. I don't, I don't know whether it comes in years, like whether there's baby booms or something, that, and there's a lot of kids playing out in the streets because it seemed to die after that. Yeah. Then the few good kids went to Ballybrack then, things like that. Why did you go to Joe's? Um, same reason. I, was, I wanted to go away. Thing. I wasn't thinking I wanted to go away. Thing. I but wanted, wanted to, to be a footballer. wanted to go to the best club, and Joe's are the best club. Yeah. Who was the best manager you've ever played with under? Under, um, it's hard. Like Trev Crawley as a coach was brilliant. Like uh, probably not many better coaches. Tony Cousins made me fall in love with football again after. I sort of had a couple of bad years at Pats and Shells, but Michael O'Neill is probably hands down the best. Just his attention to detail, how he man managed players, uh, the results he got, whether it was in Scotland. Uh, here with Rovers then with Northern Ireland and the Euros yeah. scared like he's consistently doing it did he ever get back to you about the call up you, you said were available still hasn't got back to me about that he's uh, playing hard to get Patch. he's just playing hard to get me that must be what it is <laughs> not to learn and God saves the Queen and all <laughs> <laughs> you will not um, it's really been saying that since I was six don't worry about it <laughs> yeah the best well not best but your most enjoyable Spell at a club, um, Rovers when we won the league uh, in 2010 was probably no feeling for me that I'll match it. It was playing for a team you love, winning the cup in front of fans you love, and then it's just I played a lot of that season as well. We did really well in Europe, not many things would match it, but when I went to Longford, 
Uh, Pat Sullivan and Rice are coming down with me. We won the league that year as well. Yeah. Kev O'Connor was there as well, and uh, it's just it's lads I, I like personally. Like I, I get on with a lot of lads in football. Probably everybody I played with I get on to be like acquaintances. But these these lads were my friends, and it was good to play with them and good get, dressing get room. Get along like for it. Ah, it's a great dressing room. Yeah, it's great to get along for it up and at the end of the day the best memories you have is like winning so when you win mm. you have a million lows in football you probably have about 20 highest but that's why you, you cherish them that's why you cherish those like 20 minutes at the end of a match because you're working a whole season just for that feeling it's yeah. not e- it's not even the medal really you might lose the medal it's just that feeling the say you've done you know you've achieved something with a bunch of lads who've been working so hard all year with can, can you remember a time where like you're talking about winning there, and you'll always remember winning. But was there a t- what was the worst grilling a team ever got for losing? Um, with Rovers, I think that I don't know whether it's the year we won the, league, the first league or the year before, maybe in 2009, we lost six or seven nil to Dundalk up there. I got taken off after about 35 minutes. I got slated. Then another time was it was was Mick O'Neill the manager? Uh, Mike was the manager. Yeah. yeah. Then the the time I got grilled, Jesus, was uh, I hadn't played a lot of the season in 2011 and Pat Sullivan played against uh, Sligo and he got sent off with about five minutes to go. We were winning 2-1. So Jim McGilton come up to me and he goes, this is your chance. Don't waste it. You haven't played all season. Keep the ball simple. Just head it, clear it. Don't do anything stupid. Literally one minute later, I was walking by him after being sent off. <laughs> <laughs> and then Pat, we went into the dressing room with Pat Sullivan and he goes you're alright bud I don't need anybody in the dressing room with me go out and stay in the bench I says I'm not being sent off too and he's looking at us how would you get sent off he goes I'm only after being sent off and I says that's me and that was that <laughs> and that was the start of a beautiful relationship between me and him but uh, Jim McGilton went through me after that fairly Michael O'Neill said I'm like Hannibal Lecter you can't play me uh, he said that to you in front yeah, of the lads yeah I mean, it's fair enough as well because I, I didn't think it was a sending off I didn't think it was a sending off like referees would give me red cards quicker it's because of my reputation it's my own fault I got the reputation but um, I didn't think it was a sending off what did Jim Dritt say to you? he um, grilled you did he? yeah he grilled me he was right he just went through me like every curse you can think of or, but he was he was right I took it, on it was 2 all, was it? We, we, I think we ended up losing the game which made it worse than we were going for the league that I think we we won the league that year in anyway, but <coughs> no thanks to me. <laughs> and when he's grilling you, like where do you look? Look at him. I'd, I'd always look at a manager when he's grilling me because I, I think in Wolves I, I got like lashed out of it before, and I was looking on the ground and looking. At, I was nearly crying. I wasn't used. To, I was only seventeen or eighteen, and uh, the manager told me, he "Goes you look at my fucking eyes when I'm giving out to you." So from that moment on, like I always. Looked Respect them in the, them, like it's a lot of the things is heat at the moment. Like I'd never take that in personally. Anybody says, unless they said anything about my family, <laughs> then I bite their noses off. Hannibal <laughs> <laughs> Lecter. But then, uh, he, he's, like I couldn't complain. I've been sent off after. My thing was I hadn't played all season. I wanted to impress so much. Yeah. The first tackle was there. It was there to be made. It was there to be won. I did get your man, but I didn't die. Like it was Wasn't a free, a it was a free kick as much as that. But I can't complain about that. <laughs> We're we're running out of time. Best sadly. player you've ever played with, that's it. Best player I've ever played with. Um, and why? Jeez, that's hard. There's so many. Uh, Twig of Scotland. Twig was 
pro- the best striker I've ever played with. Um, Stephen Rice as a captain, just an all-round player, was brilliant. And Hank, the, <laughs> the other side of me, he was very good. Hank, Hannibal <laughs> <laughs> Lecter, Hank. <laughs> yeah. Um, people are probably already following you, but just in case, on the Twitter, because your tweets can be very entertaining. Yeah, I'd I I never really tweet about f- like any matches. Yeah. Like, personally, like if we lost, I'd never tweet about it. If we won, I'd never say thanks to the fans. I'd never do I'd just, if I see something and I think it's funny, I'll just tweet it. Like, or I'd just speak my mind. So it's at Pajo Flint. We had the campaign to get him on Twitter. Yeah. Myself and Gary. I'm actually think, I'm it's thinking it. of leaving it. Are you? I think so, yeah. Why? Ah, don't be doing that. I think it's run its course. I think. Uh, I'm going on to my blog now. <laughs> bigger, bigger and better things <laughs> you'd have to post your blog on Twitter oh, yeah, I don't know what a blog is I have to google what a blog is I don't really know you wrote a blog Yeah, it's, like, it's like an online journal of emotion that's what I'm going to oh, do online journal of emotion <laughs> that's amazing um, so at Paj O'Flynn on the Twitter at Mania on the Twitter I'm at Andrew Murray on the Twitter the podcast at WTS pod on the Twitter you can check out iTunes as well, facebook.com forward slash WTS Pod Ireland, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Republic, Podcast Addict. I tripped over podcast there. <laughs> um, anywhere and everywhere, lads. Just search WTS Pod. And we're coming from Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel. Yeah, I forgot to say it at the start. You did, but yeah. we're doing it now. Uh, the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel. Um, where even though the dark nights are in, we're in a lovely bright room, it's nicely heated. And, I mean, it's great that they've given us a four-course dinner for the evening. Yeah. Padge didn't indulge because he had a Domino's beforehand. But, oh yeah, his. So, you know, it's grand. Fitzpatrickcastle.com. Coming up to Christmas time. Pop up to the grill at the dungeon here in Fitzpatrick's. Indulge in their set menu. Only $25.99. Delish. I think we're done, are we? Yeah. Beautiful. I um, Just before we finish, would like to once again congratulate <laughs> President-elect Mr. Trump. Asshole. Me and Gary Mackle called it chapter 61. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Wind two wind up merchants. So um, here's the next four years. <laughs> Change. Yeah, let's make America great again. But Graham, until next week. Clear eyes, full hearts, and lose. Too sweet. Thanks, Padjo. Thanks for having me in, lads. Thanks, Padge. Love pleasure. you. Thank you.